2: I've been called a few things before. Somebody tried compare. One of my bosses tried comparing me once. He goes, you know, you have that same effect that Trump has. I said, are you comparing me to that, dude? She's like, yeah, because whatever you say, people hate. <laughs> and now I'm being compared to T.O. Holding grudges, especially against people that are nobodies. I don't know, man. Uh, And maybe that's the Italian in me. Welcome aboard. Football Friday, thanks so much for coming in. I appreciate everybody stepping in with us. I got to tell you, man, I don't know what it is, but Terrell Owens and I have this love-hate relationship. And so the comments that we made yesterday about Donovan McNabb and how I took those comments on how he was throwing shade on Jalen Hurts, oh, this team's two, three years away. No, they're not. That's old NFL. You know why you were two, three years away back then when he played? When McNabb played, there was a new thing called the salary cap. Do you understand when Jimmy Johnson played and had his Dallas Cowboy teams and he was building those teams, there were no salary cap in the game? The NFL didn't have a salary cap then. You could keep guys around for a hundred years. You could keep guys. You didn't have to worry about a cap. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, we were always two to three years away because of McNabb's mindset. That's what Xander thinks of him. But see, his his mindset, Donovan McNabb, when he went on WIP a couple days ago, is stuck in the 90s still. He played in an era where there was no cap. Nowadays, dude, anybody can go to a Super Bowl in one year. Rams, Bucks. You put the right pieces together and figure out the jigsaw puzzle, you can get there. I disagree with Donovan McNabb. I think the Eagles have a shot to get to the Super Bowl this year two, three years away, you know, you got to gel together and play. And you're like, no, that's not today's NFL. Okay. I'm like, dude, that's not, that's not the NFL today. Salary cap changes that, all of that. And so we had a conversation, T.O. and I, on my Twitter page. And I'm pretty shocked here. And I said something. And by the way, I owe him the apology. I sent an apology on my Twitter page just a couple minutes ago because I called him a shitty teammate in 2020. And after listening to McNabb talk at WIP a couple days ago, I now know it's him. It's McNabb. This is what he responded on my Twitter page. I tried telling you all years ago, but because everyone thought I was the bad guy, and the media didn't help the situation by putting their spin on the untrue negative perception. I've never seen a more jealous person. It's on my Twitter page, at Dan Show. I agree with Terrell Owens 100%. Okay, 100% that Donovan McNabb's the most pettiest person on the planet, and that was shade at Jalen. Joe Burrow, I made these comparisons yesterday. Joe Burrow, in a year and a half, took the Bengals, the Bengals, to the Super Bowl. Mahomes, in one year starting, took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Brady, Stafford. Some of these quarterbacks nowadays... I mean, you, 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 you make a change of address, and like I said, you figure out the jigsaw puzzle, you put it together, you got the Rubik's Q all together, you can win yourself a Super Bowl today. Dude, that guy is not rooting for... Or he's You know what? He's kind of rooting for Jalen, but not really. McNabb's one of those guys that sits in there and goes like this. Well, if I was given A.J. Brown, and I was given Devontae Smith, and I had that old line, I would win a Super Bowl, too. That's who he is. Instead of doing this. Man, isn't that great? Jalen's really playing well. What We had Jim Kelly on. How about Jim Kelly talking and rooting for Josh Allen to win a Super Bowl? Remember he said this? Maybe he can do something that we weren't able to do here and bring one of those things home finally. Remember when Jim, Jim Kelly, who went to four of them, is rooting for Josh Allen to succeed? To win a Super Bowl. He even said it. To do something he didn't do. Kelly's a great player. He's a great football player. One of the toughest men you'll ever meet at that position. And he's rooting for Josh Allen. You get a guy in your organization that's shitting on Jalen publicly. In a nice way, I guess. Whatever that means. He's the kind of guy you don't trust because you know why? He don't tell you what he really feels. He kind of tells you what he feels. So you never know where Donovan McNabb stands. You know? Anybody who subtly can't tell you the truth and has to massage it is an angler. You don't trust people like that. Well, this is what's going to happen here. These guys need about two or three more years, and you mean Jalen does. You mean Jalen does. Michael Vick's a better leader than McNabb. He's totally a better a better leader. Oh JP with a nice racist comment. Hey, good afternoon, my friend. God bless. McNabb is fake. No, he can't handle other people having more success than him in Philadelphia. He's not fake. okay? McNabb puked on my 2004 Super Bowl victory. Dude, unbelievable, man. Terrell Owens is right. Dude, the media, the reason that they teamed up on him was because he wasn't one of their own. The media in Philadelphia are just as responsible for that relationship between Owens and McNabb and why this thing has carried on 20-plus years. It's because of those... those two of course but the media too you took McNabb's side instead of finding out the reality of the truth and then years later you realize ah, mcnab's not the greatest guy on the planet okay jesus Christ, dude <laughs> and, and now it's it's even it, it's hit bleacher report too xander okay Seals, who do you think is a bigger baby, Wentz or McNabb? I don't know. That's quite a contest. Can you imagine those two guys playing against one another in a big game? Holy shit. You talk about two guys shit in the bed. Yeah. You talk about two guys that would just absolutely like, <laughs> hey, it's Carson Wentz versus Donovan McNabb. Holy cow, man. You got the worm bowl. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Hey, by the way, I know that this is going to come to a shock to some of you, but not all of you. So I posted a couple days ago that Jordan Malata maybe out a couple weeks, okay? Because I was just taken from the guy at NBC in Philly and a couple other people saying that it looks like his injury is going to be a little bit more significant. And his time may be spent on IR a little bit, or maybe not IR, but just being held out. That's what I went with, too. There's no way he's playing this weekend on Sunday. Why would you? If he's not ready to go, I want him for Dallas and Michael Parsons next week. I don't want him playing 60% then turning around and playing 60% again for two weeks. Wouldn't you rather do this? Sit his ass out, get him about 90% for Sunday or for next Sunday night. And you put him in that game of the year. You'll need him in the game of the year. Hey, that's your division. All of the Eagle dreams... Are in these next two weeks. Okay? All of them are in these next two weeks. That's an NFC team out in Arizona. You wanna beat them. You you wanna beat them. Consider it a playoff team. Hey, you better be. You get somebody $46 million, that team better be a playoff team every freaking year. Then you get the Cowboys on the other side, team you have had struggles with over the last 10 years. That's your season. That's going to tell us everything we need to know about the Eagles because you know what people are starting to say now? Dude, look at what the Ravens have to go through weekend and week out. They got the Bengals on Sunday. They played the Bills last week. The week before that, they played the Dolphins. You don't play schedules like that, Philly. You're benefiting from playing the what is it? The AFC South, is it? And you're you're benefiting from the 31st worst schedule in the league. Got to play who's in front of you. I'm not dismissing that, and I'm not using that as any kind of excuse because, in theory, the Eagles have dominated everybody that they've played. They completely have dominated. Okay? Dominated. So... You're doing everything that's being asked of them. This game this week, I want to get to it here. I'll tell you where I'm going with it. And I think some of you may be shocked on what I'm going to say here. And I'm going to to tell you how I think this game plans out here and how this thing shakes out. Let me get to some of you before I tell you where I'm going here with it. Struggles with up to this year. Kyle, that's potential. You haven't done it yet. It's not true. You haven't played Dallas yet. How can you say that? Dallas is three and one, too. Their defense looks awful good. Okay. Seals, how about Matt Ryan? We'll get to that game last night, too. That thing was absolutely unwatchable. Russell Wilson, he looks terrible. And the coach that's coaching the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, man, I don't know. Do you think he makes Thanksgiving? That guy might not make Thanksgiving. JM, the Cardinals are also banged up, too. I agree. Big sales. this could be a trap game, but Jalen played good at Arizona his rookie year. Absolutely. I heard he had a phenomenal game. That's what our friend um, Howard Balzer said. By the way, Seth Joyner at the bottom of the hour. Seth Joyner will join us, and we will talk with him. I love the postgame show, too, on Jacob Sports. Don't forget, each and every single Sunday, we have our postgame show. Hey, and I want to send some love out to Mike Missanelli, too. He's a little bit under the weather. So, Mike, we, uh, we're thinking about you, too. And, oh, and by the way, thanks for the text messages. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, between you and me, Mike, unbelievable, man. I love you to death, Mike Missanelli. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell Xander, but I'll, I'll, I'll give Xander an update. So, yeah, let's, let's get in. Guys, I think you're going to be shocked. I may have to sing. I got the Cardinals winning this football game, 27-21. Um, I do think it's a trap game. I do think that there's some significant injuries on the Eagles that are going to preclude them from coming home with a win in this game. I think that Kyler Murray's going to play pretty well in this ball game. There's injuries in the secondary. Um, I think you're going to see J.J. Watt and that team I think they're going to put it together, and I think you're going to see Arizona. The only thing that bugs me about Arizona in this game is that I don't know if their running game is good enough. And now with mulata potentially, from what I'm hearing, not playing Sunday, and even if he is, he's not 100%. percent you got injuries all now starting to creep up in that O-line a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see how Goddard plays. But I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals 27-21 in an upset. I think that um, they're going to be thinking about Dallas. Um, the Cowboys, in my opinion, is really the prize in this whole thing over the next two weeks. So I got the Cardinals 27-21 um, winning this football game on Sunday. I think Murray outplays Jalen, and I think Murray and Hollywood Brown and I think all those guys, A.J. Brown, Devontae, it's going to be a pretty good show. I think it's going to be a real good ball game. I think this game's going to be close. Again, like I said, 27 21. What's the point spread in that game? Um, I'm not sure what the point spread is. Is it five and a half or six? I forget which one that is. I think I, I'm, I'm not sure what that is on the point spread, but yeah, I got the Cardinals winning. All right. I think the Eagles take it. Sales, be real. You don't believe that. I do. Five and a half? 27-21. Totally believe that. I think they pull this win out. That's not. I think they're a good football team. I think they're a good football team. Okay? Okay, Murray, A-square. Eagles move to 5-0. and 0. That's what, that's what uh, Xander has. All right. You betting against Stoutland? No. I'm betting on Murray to outplay Jalen. Yeah, I'll take that. I'm taking Murray to outplay Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Both guys want to outplay one another, and I think Kyler Murray outplays him. I, I told you this before. I-, 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 I don't really like the guy, but I think he outplays Jalen this week. Says, why are you such a – why do you mean such a, Why? why can't I think that you're going to win the East and win the NFC? What, do you want me to pick them to win every game? I don't believe they're going to win every game. I think you're going to lose about three or four games. This is one of the games. I thought you'd go two and four. I was wrong. Jesus, criminy, you want me to say something today that I don't believe? Okay, Eagles win 27-21. <laughs> I thought about it last night. I said, I think this is a trap game. I think this is a trap game, man. I do. This is one of those football games right before you play your big game, the game of the year. Two teams with one loss. Yeah. 27-21 Cardinals. Xander's got you winning 72 to nothing. <laughs> yeah. well, Why are you such a hater? <laughs> what have the Cardinals done for you to feel that, that way same thing the Eagles have done not much I just think he's going to outplay Jalen Hurts what if the Eagle who the, oh, the greatness you know the, the Lions will probably go one and four now after this weekend and you'll be telling me how great the Lions are I said they're improved I didn't say they were going to be a playoff team like everyone in Philly is Oh, it's a playoff. That's a really good team. You're like, really? One in four? <laughs> Charles goes like this, Sills, man. You're smart. Dude, I think it's a trap game. DeAndre Hopkins would have given them a better chance in this football game. I, Like I said, man, I think Murray's got to play against people like Jalen Hurts and beat him to validate. There's more pressure on on, on Kyler Murray in this game than there is on Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, I mean, look, 1.4 guy, whatever. 46.1, can't lose to a guy making 1.4 million bucks and validate that. He's got to play his ass off. That's why I'm looking at it too that way. He's got to play. Dude, he gets beat by Hurts. Wow. You're Steve Kind. You got to do this. What's this. if this guy takes down, $246 million a year, guys. Boy, man, I'm telling you, if I am Jalen Hurts' his agent at Clutch Sports, bro, you better back up that Brinks truck because we are coming. Whoa! Dude, you will have no leg to stand on. Clutch Sports will have you by the short hairs. If this kid beats J- Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott in consecutive weeks. And then he does it in prime time on Sunday night next Sunday. Whoo, baby. This is where I'm going. That's why I'm saying I think the heat's on Kyler Murray to win this game. He's got to. He, Dude, you gave him 46 million bucks to beat people like Kurtz and the Eagles. This is really more of... Me looking at Kyler Murray and going, okay, well, you got to validate that money, dude. You got to validate that dough. Just like I'm telling you, Jalen Hurts hasn't validated me giving him $45 million yet. He will if he beats him. He will. He beats Kyler Murray? What are you going to say then? Celio, what are you going to say then? I don't know. I don't know. This is more of a declaration on Murray. You guys, do you understand where I'm going? What 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 is Jalen's primetime record? You mean against playoff teams? Oh and six. Yeah, picking. No, 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 Pickin. Kyler Murray makes forty six point one million. The only guy that makes more money than him annually is Aaron Rodgers. The best contracts in Cleveland because it's 230 guaranteed. But the annual salary is Rogers and then Murray. And boy, I'll tell you, man, you better beat Jalen Hurts. Dan, what's the best way to shut down Kyler Murray? Make him be a drop back passer. Can I it's a great take. It's a great take. Thank you, Brian. Do you know the best way to stop Kyler Murray? Do what you do in scrimmages to Jalen Hurts. You see, the Cardinals have practiced every week, every year, every scrimmage, controlled scrimmage, what have you, versus Kyler Murray. They're they're prepared for Jalen Hurts. They see Jalen Hurts every day, and his name is Kyler Murray. So when they're practicing and they're scrimmaging during the exhibition season, they're going against a version of Jalen Hurts. They see Jalen Hurts every day. They're not going to be shocked defensively when they get on the field and see Jalen. They're going to see a 2.0 version of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray doesn't work. Really? Well, somebody gave him the 46 million bucks. Make him beat you in the pocket. That's how you do both of them. Make him seven-step you and beat you in the pocket. And you've got to keep containment. You can't let both these guys break the edges down. Because both these guys will turn this thing into a 4 by 100 relay team. You cannot let the edges get broken down with guys like Murray and Jalen Hurts. They destroy you on third and eight. Third and eights, man, get this. Third and eights in a game like the Cardinals and Eagle game, dude, those things are like third and short because both guys can very capably pick up eight yards. Okay, third and eight. How many times did you do this so far? And this 4-0 start with the Eagles go like this. Third and eight. I don't really think that's that big a deal any longer. This guy knows how to get the first down. And he knows how to get to the first down sticks. Dude, there wasn't a long third down situation that the Eagles have been in this year where I went like this. There's no way they picked that up. Maybe at the beginning I did. But then after that Detroit game, and then clearly in the Minnesota game, when you start watching him break down the edges and get those third and sevens, third and sixes, bro, there is not a game I went like this. Well, it's out of possibility of them getting third and twelve. How many times did you see third and 12 so far this year and he comes out like two yards short and they think about going for it anyway? How many times has Nick Sirianni gone for it on fourth down this year? Five? That's because of Hurts. I mean, dude, this is going to be a very interesting ball game here, like I said. Jalen is more physical and smarter. Okay. Stills, who has a better defense, Vikings or Cardinals? I would say the Vikings. I would say the Vikings have a little better defense. Okay, I I would say the Vikings. Um, Are the Cardinals better than the Eagles? No. No, but I think your injuries are going to be a factor in this football game on Sunday. Philly. No. Like, if you played the Cardinals five times, you'd probably win three of them. Okay. The only reason I'm going Cardinals is because of injuries. Okay. Only reason I'm going is because of injuries. Vikings got lit up. Well, I mean, well, quite frankly, 24 points, isn't that what they scored? 24 points against that Viking defense. I don't know. That's not out of hand. 24 points. You didn't put up 70 points on them or 50 points on them. You haven't, you haven't put um, a 50 burger on anybody. You scored 24 points on the Vikings. I don't know. I'll walk away with my head up on that In a loss offense needed to do more. They needed to score some more points. You got Justin Jefferson and you got Kirk cousins and Adam Thielen, and you can't get more than what was it? Seven points. That's on the offense a little bit too there. Hey, Dan, would you spy? No, no, no. I'm not spying anybody on Murray. I'm setting the edges. I'm making sure it's a priority that my defensive edges and my edge rushers keep everything inside. Don't let Kyler Murray get onto your outside shoulder. He'll go up the field on you. He'll break you down like Jalen breaks you down. Okay. We're going to talk to Seth Joyner here in a couple minutes about it too. Okay, How would you defend Kyler Murray? Because both guys here um, are pretty much the same kind of athlete and they kind of win games the same way. So both football teams are not going to not have seen this and prepared for this because they see it every day. You guys understand what I'm saying? It's one thing to play against a drop back passer every day. Like when you're the Buccaneers, you see a drop back passer in practice every day and Tom Brady, right? Kyle Trask, those guys. But when you're in Arizona or you're in Philly, you don't see drop back passers. You see sprint out guys, roll out guys, guys that move around. When you play against Baltimore, when you play against Tennessee, you don't see sprint out and roll out. But in Philly and in Arizona, that's what you prepare against every day. So they're not going to, Jalen in the Eagle offense is not going to be a surprise to them. They see it every day. It's not going to be something they haven't seen or prepared for. Eagles use clock management and tactic. Um, boy, I'll tell you what, E. Kuhn, um, I really thought Sirianni, I don't think he was very good in the last couple minutes of that ball game. And Reddick bailed him out when he gave the ball back on fourth down. You thought that was strategy? That was well done? I didn't. A great quarterback like Rodgers and Brady or Mahomes send you home. They send you home. Give the ball back? Two minutes left in a ball game and you give the ball back? What are you, crazy? Who wins Eagles versus Eagles, Sills? Seals is being rational today. It's a nice, okay, thank you. Listen, I'm not saying you're not better. I think your injuries are going to play an issue here. I think they're going to play an issue on Sunday. And I think you got to really be focused on the, watch this, you want to win this game on Sunday. I'm not saying Philly doesn't want to win this game, but my priority is next week. And what I mean by that is, Jordan Malata playing in that game against the Cardinals is important to me. Jordan Mulata being healthy in that Cowboy game is more important and more essential to me. I need that guy to be as healthy as he could possibly be from Cowboy game on. I don't want him limping along the rest of the season, nursing an injury when I could give him a week off. You're a game up on Dallas. And if you're that confident, that you're better than the Cowboys, you'll be a game up after next Sunday anyway. Okay? I mean, by the way, Rams may beat them this weekend. You could potentially beat two games up on them. Why wouldn't you rest Mulata? There's no given that Cooper Rush. You got to start thinking where you are in the standings too now. Okay? I got a game lead. They're playing the Rams on the roam, on the road in L.A. We're on the road in Phoenix. We're a pretty good football team. We may win this ball game even with all the injuries we have on the team. And I agree. You may win it for sure. But I think it's going to play a factor. It's key positions too. Slay's not completely healthy. And you're lucky DeAndre Hopkins is nodding because I think it would be a more of a convincing win if he was because you're injured. You're a better squad. I hope you're not taking it any other way. You are a better squad. But a little bit of injuries here. Plus, you got focus. Because you got to win the NFC. You win the NFC East, everything's in front of you. Arizona's important on winning the conference. I'm not saying it's not. Okay? You totally would rest Mulata? Absolutely. I got Micah Parsons next week. I'm going to get away with Jack Driscoll going against an older J.J. Watt. I'm going to get away with that, okay? If I have a 60% Jordan Malata against Micah Parsons, I might not get away with that. And I might have my quarterback hit quite a bit in that ball game on Sunday. He's the best pass rusher now in the game. I happen to think it's Boza, but the hype, the Cowboys, and everyone. I personally don't think, I think Nick Boza is the best pass rusher right now. I think it's because also Watts hurt, TJ. Hurt's throwing for 400 now. Thanks, Sills. Okay. Xander's got it going on. 400 yards and 17 touchdowns he throws for against the Cardinals on Sunday. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I got to tell you guys, Eagles back up. O-linemen are starters on 60% of the NFL rosters. I agree. I completely agree. Does Arizona have a running game? Um, Look, I think the kid Connor's good, but I don't think he's spectacular. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's great, but I think think he's good. But their O-line, they've got issues in their offensive lines. Um, so to me, a little bit, I'm not sure if it's a, per, a massively productive game. And this is one of the reasons why I think they also struggle a little bit in their play action and why he has to break containment out and take off running because I don't really think their running game is getting enough. Seals, who would you pick Bozo or TJ? Um, boy, I, I, I think Nick Bozo is a better football player. Okay, I do. I think he's a better. I think he's a better football player. Um, I think he can do more. I think TJ's limited. TJ Watt, to me, versus a traditional defensive end that can play the run and is a three-down guy, and you could he plays the run. I think I think TJ's pretty good against the run, but he's not great. Last year's Pittsburgh defense was one of the worst defenses since 1954 in the Steel City. They couldn't stop anybody, and you had Cameron Hayward there too an all-pro D tackle, and your yards against the rush were terrible. Dude, you want to be considered a great defensive football team? You know where it starts? It starts stopping a run. You got to put people under three yards a carry. When you put people three yards a, a, a carry and you got them under three, that's when you start considering people to be a good defensive football team. It's Got to start there. You stop the run. You run the ball in this league since 1920 how many times do you guys see this teams throw for 500 yards and lose hey when you see a team run for 250 yards you know what that's like doing watch this see my hands you put handcuffs on me you walk over to the sideline you look at your coach and go i really can't do anything about it because they're kicking my ass you could stop somebody because you get three and outs in the passing game in the run game my hands are tied because you're beating me up it's no moss Speaking of a guy who played on one of them defenses, he knows what I'm talking about too. (laughs) Seth Joyner. Seth, man, you guys are killing it on that post-game show. I so love it. Thanks so much for finding time. I know you're swamped, man. Thank you so much.
3: What's going on, Big Zill?
2: Hey, man, am I right when I say that? that One of the reasons that this football team is starting to show some signs of life on that defensive side, I think it's because the secondary, Seth, I think the secondary's played so well, especially at the cornerback position. That's why you're starting to see pressure getting to the quarterback over the last two weeks. Is that fair?
3: Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think, you know, not only, you know, is the secondary playing well, but, you know, I'm seeing some things out of the defensive front that I hadn't seen in a while. You know, you're seeing some some line stunts. Um, You're seeing some creative blitzing where you're getting some guys that are running free. Um, And and the question I have to ask Dan is where was this last year? And most people will say, oh, you know, they didn't have the cornerbacks and whatnot. But the one thing that pressure creates, you know, and I've been catching a lot of flat social media and everything, you know, because in post game last week, me and and Mike Missinelli kind of went at it a little bit. He was like, I think you came out of the womb, you know, (laughs) talk you know the first word it. the first word you ever said was blitz well I, i'm talking about blitz from the standpoint of creating pressure um you know there's a couple of different ways that you create pressure on offenses you know back in our day we created pressure through intimidation um you hit a quarterback enough you hit wide receivers running across the middle enough um you beat up on running backs, you know, enough, you know, you can intimidate them into raving, waving the 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 white flag if you will. Today's NFL doesn't work that way because you can't intimidate from a defensive standpoint anymore. So you have to find arterial arterial motives or arterial ways, you know, to create pressure. Now, Pressure, pressure is the is the great equalizer, you know, in football, especially when you're talking about the pressure that you can apply to the most important guy on the offensive side of the ball, and that's the quarterback. You know, when you look at some guys are not wired to handle pressure. When you look at what the Eagles did, the, the last four quarterbacks the Eagles played against, they played against Jared Goff. They played against Kirk Cousins. They played against um, Carson Wentz. And and then you end up, you know, Trevor Lawrence a, playing last week against a young Trevor Lawrence, okay? I'll give him a pass on on pressure, but he's young. But I don't care what quarterback you're talking about. when you get to a point where you are, um, you know, you create pressure, it speeds up the quarterback's clock. It speeds up his his process of how he gets through his progression. It speeds up his decision making and it forces. Um mistakes. So if you look at Jared Goff in the first half of that game, he looked like he was just about ready to give up. But then they <laughs> but but then they got conservative and they they, they stopped putting pressure on him. They couldn't get there with four anymore. And he started to get his footing back and he started to get comfortable in the pocket again. And the next thing you know, they're clinging to a a, a three point lead. And they got to hold on just to win a game that should have been over in the third quarter. That's just that's my assessment. So when you're talking about these four quarterbacks, if you could have came with enough pressure to force the issue like you did with nine sacks against um, uh, um, Carson Wentz. I mean, they just battered him into bad mistake after bad mistake. Um, And that's what pressure does. So if you want to play conservative, then you're going to be in a shootout every single week, in my opinion. But if you have enough gumption about you, you know, to and creativity about you as a defensive coordinator to create some pressures that forces a quarterback, because he's got a free runner coming at him, to make one decision and one decision only. And if it's a wrong one, it's an incomplete pass, you're off the field. If it's a wrong one, it's a, an interception. If it's a wrong one, he's held on to the ball too long, the pressure gets there, you get a sack, sack force fumble. Um, that's just a fact of you know what the game is like now and what the game means. You know, if you want to play passive, quarterbacks will cut you and shred you to pieces. Pressure means everything in today's game, even much more so than in our day, Dan.
2: You know what? And Seth, I correct me completely if I'm wrong here. I don't think you guys, because Coach Jimmy Johnson always had a philosophy. He goes, I don't have to blitz if my four dudes can get can get home. I don't need that because I mean, when you got Jerome and you got Reggie and that linebacking core you had and those guys, those freak shows running around back there, Wes and them dudes and Andre, I mean, you, do you really have to be creative or do you just bring, like you said, the pressure? And I get today's game. You can't play that style of ball any longer. So it's more containment, keeping everything underneath. But to me, that's more of a product today than, Seth, of the players stepping up and not so much Jonathan Gannon's system. I mean, Gannon is still, to me, in my opinion, he's being a little bit more creative because he's got a couple more pieces he can move around. But I see player production lifting up, not him being creative. Is that fair?
3: Well, let me let, let me go back to your comment before that first. Um, if you got four Hellraisers, you know, <laughs> fight yeah, Simmons too. Yeah, yeah, you can you can afford to rush four. Um, but a smart offensive coordinator knows that he's got you out, man, by one. You're sending four, he's got five. All it takes is for you to keep a tight end in, for you to keep a back end. You can sit back there in that zone all you want to, but if they go max protection and they keep a back and a tight end in, now you got seven guys to block four, okay, and you're not going to get there. The other thing is, you know, it's – Football is a risk game. Every single time the quarterback drops back to throw the ball, there's a risk that he can make a completion. And that's the probability that you're hoping for from an offensive perspective. But there's also a risk that he could throw an interception. There's a risk that, you know, he could be sacked and you cause a fumble. But that's not stopping the NFL, you know, from skewing the numbers from a run-dominant league to a past dominant league where you see guys throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game, so don't talk to me about risk. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about those who, who you know, claim the symbols of oh, it's a different league and you can't bring the pressure. And you know, it's a risk to blitz. No, it's not because every single play is a risk. So I don't even think about football in the terms, uh, in terms of it being risk. You know, when you come on a blitz, you're saying that. I'm bringing something that you can't pick up. Okay. And if you can't pick it up, then I'm going to create chaos for your quarterback and for your offensive line. Okay. So I, I I just don't believe in that old adage that, you know, you bend but don't break because sooner or later you're going to snap. And that's what happens with most of these offenses that play that way. You give up, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit. Next thing you know, they're in the red zone. They're in scoring position. Now you got to come with a blitz, okay? And now you really go, you know, um, max protection because you got a wide receiver out there, a number one, that's better than your number one corner, and he's going to win that matchup eight out of ten times. So why put yourself in that situation? Now, to go back to, to Gannon, yeah, the players are playing better, but the scheme is better, okay? Okay. Tell me the last time I've been watching Jonathan Gannon in this offense for you know all the last year and through four games this year, okay? I can't remember seeing them run offense defensive line stunts, ETS, you know, um, TEs, uh, double double wrap where you just angle both down and wrap a tackle. All you didn't see that before, you know. They're doing these stunts and then they're sending TJ Edwards behind it. So they're screwing up the blocking scheme, and then they're sending the extra rusher, you know, and there's no one there to pick him up. So that's why they're having success. And then I'll submit to you this, okay? No one's talked about it. No one wants to talk about it. Um, Everyone wants to continue to give, you know, Gannon the accolades, and he's the defensive coordinator. He should get the accolades, okay? But let me let me submit this to you. You know, Vic Fangio is a consultant for the Eagles. Oh, Deep. absolutely. I see his okay. pamphlets all over this. Okay. Okay. So now, especially these, in the
2: stunts and in the T stunts, I see it.
3: But that's my point. Are these, uh, is the improvement that you're seeing an improvement in Jonathan Gannon's philosophy? Or was Vic Fangio brought in here to give him some things? It's a collaboration. That he, that, that he didn't necessarily have in his utility belt. OK, so now he looks like a genius and maybe Vic Fangio is the one that's crafting some of these blitzes and crafting because I've never seen them run a blitz where they had a runner, a free runner at the quarterback.
2: You know, Seth, you bring a point up now and I'm going to go over here. And that's funny. You should say that because Von Miller in Denver, when Fangio was in Denver, they had those creative outside rushes. And I, I, I swear to you in that Jags game and especially in the Washington game. I saw some of the same stuff that they did with Von Miller in Denver that they're doing on the perimeter now with Hassan Redick, and that wasn't there last year. There's no way that those T-stunts on the end like that and then bringing that pressure and then, like you said, coming from behind with T.J. Edwards in there, that wasn't anywhere to be seen, and you saw a ton of that when he was, a, when he was in Denver.
3: Well, listen. I mean, I I It's okay, the, too. I guess you know he's a consultant. That's all good. Exactly. But listen, I give, I give the Eagles brass a lot of, um, you know, a lot of credit for going and bringing him in and hiring him, you know, as a consultant. Because for all the hoopla that we got about Jonathan Gannon last year, I just didn't see it. I was saying all year long, Dan. I said, "Where's the creativity?" Okay. I see Jonathan Gannis standing on the sideline. He's got a play sheet that looks like this, okay? So tell me how much creativity, <laughs> and and I can see the back of it. There's nothing on it. So he's only looking at this part of it. So how much creativity are you actually seeing? I mean, how, how much can you have on a half of an 8 by 10 I think those are all base defenses he has on that list, and they're going off it. There's nothing wrong with having base defenses, but you got to have your blitzes listed somewhere. I mean, you see offensive coordinators, and they got a sheet in front of them like this, front and back, with a, with another flip to it. So they got all of these formations and all of these things that they do. You know, and and you're and you're this simple, and you think you're going to compete? You know, I mean, my my whole thing is there are ways to be creative. Um, and create pressure. And and don't get me wrong. I say this all the time. When people hear me talk about blitzing, they hear me talking about pressure. All they talk about, oh, Seth is living in the past. He's living in the old style of defense. They don't run defenses that way anymore. To a certain extent, you know what, you're right. But back in the day, we dictated to, to offenses what they could run. We dictated to offenses the personnel that they put on the field. It's the exact opposite now because teams will go three wide receivers, four wide receivers. Why? Because they want you to put a certain personnel on the field. They want you a nickel. they've, They've identified, okay, they've identified the mismatch on the outside and the fact that you go dime, okay, makes you less strong against the run if you've got a halfway decent offensive line and you spread out and you go four wise and you got a really good running back in the back, in the backfield. Okay. Guess what? You got man on blocking. Okay. With the four downs and a, and a linebacker and you got a safety in the box. Okay. Who really don't want much, any parts of, you know, that, that run game. And if you mess around and throw the tight end back in the, in the, in the equation, you can run away from the tight end and man up across the board and leave that defensive end unblocked. And now you got man on blocking across the board. So, I mean, there's this strategy and this chess game that goes on within the game of football and defenses, in my opinion, need to learn how to and figure out to, because there's a way, you know, to, to reverse this, this trend of, Offense is totally dictating to you what kind of defense you're going to run and what kind of personnel you're going to put on the field. You can change that with pressure, because you, when you start putting offenses in a position where protection becomes an issue, now all of a sudden you've got to make an adjustment. Okay, you got to take one of those wideouts out of the game. You got to put, you got to attach the tight end and keep him in and have him block. You've got to make your running back. Check, release. He can't just release hot anymore, you know? So for, for me, you know, that's viable, you know? Yeah. And if I can see it, and I just get paid to be an analyst every Sunday, tell me why these guys that live it every single day of their lives, you know, 365, you know, it's not just during the season. They're using the entire offseason to self-evaluate and look at the games that they play and look at the teams that are gonna be a problem for them, you know, within their within their division and within their conference. They're breaking all that stuff down. You mean to tell me what are you guys doing all offseason if you're not coming up with more creative ways to create pressure and create problems for offenses? Because you can't just can't play cover, you know, quarter, quarters, halves, you know, quarters, you know quarters across the board, cover two, cover three. These quarterbacks are too smart for that. These offensive coordinators are too smart for that.
2: Seth, let me go here with you. Um, How would you defend Kyler Murray this weekend? And before you answer that, you know, I I said this to everybody, and tell me if you subscribe to – you know, the the difference and kind of what you see when you're preparing for a team like Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, those guys are seven-step guys. They're not going to break down or threaten the edges when Mm. you're playing teams like that. But when you see Kyler Murray in practice every day, say you're J.J. Watt or you're anybody on that, you see Jalen Hurts every day. So when Jalen Hurts steps on the field on Sunday, they see this in practice. They see that Mm. style. It's 2.0. It's almost like a mirror that you're going against. So they're not going to be surprised on how Jalen is going to attack the defense because they see it with Kyler Murray. So I say this, they're not – I think some of these teams have been surprised the way that third and eight, he breaks the edges down, Seth. He gets out in the perimeter, and he's fighting A.J., who's a mismatch, and almost every week he plays. I think they catch some of these teams going, wow, this guy's really improved. But now you got a guy who kind of resembles uh Jalen Hurts a little bit in the guy you see. Do you do you see my philosophy a little bit in that? I don't think the Cardinals are going to be surprised when they play Jalen.
3: Listen, I don't think they're going to be surprised. I think anyone who you know breaks down Kyler Murray and studies film that are surprised, they're an idiot. You know, that, that's just my opinion. It, it, listen, the first two weeks of the season, they 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 really, really struggle, you know, and then the Rams kind of have their number they've lost like 11 in a row over the last three it was
2: close 20 to 12 or something like it was close too
3: for some reason though that they can't beat the Rams specifically they can't beat the Rams at home um but Kyler tried to stay in the pocket you know the first couple of games once he started running around a little bit I think he had like 12 runs last week once he started to run around a little bit all of a sudden, you know, the offense, the complexity of the the offense changed because, you know, even in that game against the Raiders where they came back, you know, he started scrambling in the second half down the stretch. That's what really won them that game. They They were completely
2: outset in the first half of that game. Changed the whole thing in the second half. And you're right, they rallied back.
3: So for you to go, for, for the Eagles to go into this game, anybody to go in this game and be surprised, you know, listen, he doesn't have security blanket deandre Hopkins is is his guy okay you got you know aj green and aj is like on the back nine of his career but he can still make some plays hollywood brown's played well for them he's he's a good possession receiver and you've got hollywood brown you know just sub four three speed um until he gets deandre hopkins back i think this offense is going to struggle because DeAndre is the difference maker. He's the difference maker from the standpoint of, um, you know, that's a security blanket. He dictates coverage, which gives Kyler an early read and pre-snap as to, you know, what the coverage is. You know, if you're going to roll his way and double him, that means that somebody else is going to be open. Um, But I expect for him to continue to move around and continue to run. Now, how in the world – are the eagles gonna you know contain him are uh, you know do you, are you comfortable in a little more five-man pressure a five-man line um, which allows you to get um you know five guys into the pass rush um are you more comfortable um you know blitzing him um the one thing that 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 worries me about you know the eagles is they're so darn um they're so darn undisciplined in their pass rush lanes, Um, they're just help the skelter willy nilly. Defensive linemen, you know, the defensive so end guys in the same rush lane. Yeah, they, they they just don't. You know, yeah, when they rush, sometimes and even on those plays away, you know, yeah. when you get plays away, the defensive linemen crash down the line. Of Come streaming. underneath, and then and then you've got then you've got you know the, the bootlegs where, where quarterbacks. I mean, not non-running quarterbacks are getting outside, and I, and my thing is. You allow Kyler Murray to get outside and you're in man coverage, you're in trouble. He going okay? 50. I mean, he 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 can really hurt you. So my thing is you ask, mm-hmm. okay, how do they how do they get him contained? Okay. You can still do the same things that you're doing, but anybody who winds up as the as the contained guy has to be extremely disciplined in what they do. Okay. You coming from the outside. If you get a sack, it has to be on the outside shoulder of the tackle, okay? It has to be. You cannot take an inside charge. You cannot run up the field past him, okay? Um, You just can't do that. You have to be disciplined in what you do. Seth, do you you think
2: they have enough? you,
3: You want him to operate from the pocket, okay? Because he's less accurate and he's less dangerous from the pocket than he is once he starts to move around. So you want to keep him there. Make him have to see over those offensive linemen, which he struggles with. He gets a lot of balls batted down. That's what you want to have happen. And anything else that they decide to do, you know, you're you're asking for trouble.
2: How about this, Seth? Man, so many spectacular points there. I mean, the communication on the team, because you said something to me the last time you were on. If Jerome was going to say something, and he was going to try to do something, he would turn to you and go, take an inside rush here. And you would cheat over to make sure you got the three, the three technique or the three gap or the C gap, and you would slide over to get his ass and his backside on that because you knew if he went underneath, there could be a gaping hole down in there, so you're protecting his flank. And when you're talking about defending a guy like Murray, you got a defensive end crashing down. If they're not communicating with one another, that guy's going to go 50 yards on you up the sidelines, man. I mean, he's a true threat. You think that's one of also the reasons that this team is starting to pick it up a little bit defensively because there's better communication?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, they're they're in the second year of, you know, of running this defense. Well, these
2: are new dudes, though. There's like five guys on that defense that haven't played together.
3: True, but the guys that have been there, you know, the key to really good defense is communication, you know. I mean, I don't care whether you're rushing the passer or whether you're in coverage behind. You know, where I see teams not communicating, the Eagles kind of got into a little bit a little bit of that last week when when Darius Slay went out and then went with Avante Maddox out, when you have guys that are used to being in there together. They're chatting and they're talking all the time. They're talking pre-snap. Hey, watch this, watch that. You know, if he gives me the release here, this is what I'm going to do. So now you're kind of anticipating things that are happening. When you get those young guys in there who haven't played, they're they're like mutes. They're out there playing and they don't say anything. And then once the ball is snapped, now you're trying to talk, hey, it's too late. If you're not alerting those things beforehand, now you're going to have problems. But the good thing is, you know, they're they're in this defense for the second year running. The guys who really know what are communicating. And that will force the young guys to begin to open up their mouth and communicate. Now, I can remember standing at the linebacker position and the, you know, the formation changed because of a shift or motion. You know, and I turned and looked at the free safety. I'm like, man, open your mouth. I know what the check is, but everybody else don't know what the check is. Open your mouth so we can figure out, so we're all on the same page. Because I know that the defense changed, but you haven't said a word. Or Byron might change it up front where, you know, the front and the linebackers can hear it, but the guys behind don't hear it. Okay? So I mean, communication is key, and, and you know, you got. I'm looking at your comments here. There's, there's this one guy on here, um, Gee Jr. He says quarterbacks haven't been running on the Eagles. Not sure what Seth is referring to. Well, they haven't been running because they they, they, they we're not about, we haven't had we haven't played against a running quarterback. Where's Kirk Cousins running to? Where's Jared Goff running to? Where's Carson Wentz running to? Okay. Where are these guys running to? They're not running anywhere, but you full well know that um, Kyler Murray can and will run if you don't keep him contained, okay? So that's what I'm referring to, Gee Jr. Let me throw this at you here finally here, Seth.
2: Seth, I want you to step me straight here because you've been involved in Philly sports and in media for the last 35 years. So I said something about, and I heard Donovan McNabb on WIP the other day, and he said a comment that went like this. Well, this team's two, three years away from a Super Bowl, and I went like this. That's actually shade at Jalen Hurts because Joe Burrow didn't need three years to take the shitty Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. Um, Patrick Mahomes needed one year. Brady needed one year. Those guys weren't all playing together. Look at what Brady did in Tampa, one year. Look at what Stafford did, one year. That league is different when he played than it is today because of the salary cap. And then T.O. came on my Twitter page, and I said, T.O., you're right. That shit's petty. Here's a guy that took a dump on Deshaun Jackson for being a pro bowler at two different positions. He took a dump um, on you. And, again, Terrell Owens is not the most likable guy on the planet. I get it. However, the reason that I think McNabb is who he is is because he's one of the pettiest human beings I've ever seen in my life. Am I wrong when I say that? And I thought it was a shot at Jalen going, he needs two more, three more years. I think that team could win the NFC this year if they have everything lay right. And I think they get to the Super Bowl and play one of those good teams like the Bills. It's a different NFL, Seth. And he just looks at it that way. And so McNabb and T.O. are on my Twitter page going back and forth on it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm on Owen's side with this. You're a petty dude. And instead of rooting for fans, rooting for your teammates, you should always be pushing your teammates. Thank you, man. I had Jim Kelly, Seth, on two days ago. You know what he was saying? I hope Josh Allen does something that I wasn't able to do. And I hope he brings one of those Lombardi trophy homes. Man, I just hope he doesn't run too much. I am so pulling for him. That's not how that dude is. Am I wrong?
3: Listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disparage Donovan. You know, D- Donovan has said some things that have made some fans in Philadelphia really dislike him since he left. Um I'm opinionated, and I don't give a two hoots, you know, what anybody thinks about my opinions. They're my opinions based upon my experience and my knowledge in the game of professional football. And I think that I know enough about the game to be extremely convicted in my opinions, you know, and everyone is encouraged and, you know, it's their right to have their opinion about what they believe. Okay. And you can have an opinion that differs from mine. The only thing that I ever ask on social media when I'm dealing with people that are like that is to just be be respectful because I'll never disrespect you. Okay. We'll always, you and I will always get to a point in our disagreement where I look at you and say, okay, let's agree to disagree and move on. But some people on social media want to make it personal, you know, and sometimes, you know, uh, my better half, she's like, why are you, why are you arguing with the idiots on social Dude, media? My she, she looks tells at me you. every day, Seth, stop. And All she'll right. look at, she'll look at me and say, you know, if you, if you argue, if you argue with the idiot, who's the idiot? But that's not the point. The point is, is that you got to always be respectful, okay? And the one thing that I don't take is I don't take disrespect. I just will not stand for disrespect, especially if I post something and you're responding to it. You know, just go up on the top right corner, push that little arrow and block me if you don't want to hear what the hell I have to say. But I'm not going to let you come on my page, on my thread, and disrespect me and you don't know whether to put a jock strap over your ass or over your balls okay that's just that's just fat okay now back to donovan donovan has his opinion and he's entitled to his opinions and you and i and to and everybody else can say hey you know what donovan we think you're wrong and i'm not even going to point the finger at him and say you're jealous you're petty or any of that He's entitled to his opinion, okay? Everybody's every, – listen, most of the fans in Philadelphia were not on the Jalen Hurts wagon, okay? He's got the team at 4-0, and I see some people in your threads right now that have said, oh, Jalen Hurts is going to get a Colin Murray-like contract, okay? Where did that I, come I, from? I don't, I'm,
2: I don't see that yet, just beating Kirk Cousins. He,
3: he, he's got a long way to go. That's I'm just saying, that's their opinion, okay? So when people shift opinions and shift their stances over a four-game stint, okay, and I've been saying all along, you and I had these discussions, you know, in the offseason. I said, I don't ever talk about what someone else can't do, okay? Because I've been in that position before as an eighth-round draft pick where nothing was expected of me, okay? And a first, a second, rather, a third, a fifth, Okay. Linebacker drafted ahead of me. Two years later, they were all gone and I was the last man standing. So I don't talk about what other people can or can't do prove to me. And I, and, and I, and I've always said Jalen hurts prove that you can be the guy. Okay. And I'm not going to pass judgment on him until I see whether he can do it or not. Because at the end of the day, who am I? I don't know what's in his head. I don't know how intelligent of a football player he is. I don't know what's in his heart. I don't know what his work, work ethic is like. I don't know him. So it's it's wrong for me to sit here and talk about what he can or what he cannot be or what this team can or cannot be because I'm not at practice every day. I'm not hanging out with all the guys on the defense every day, okay? I could tell you that my defense, my guys – we was going to kick some ass every Sunday. You want to know why? Because I knew those guys and I knew how we were and I knew what we were going to bring to the table. I couldn't speak for the offensive side of the ball, but for, for but my 10 guys that I laced it up with every Sunday, you know, we're going to kick some ass or we're going to lose trying to, all right? So now when you talk about this team and what they can do, listen, they're the only undefeated team left in the national Football league right now. Seth, that don't make that's, that's, them the best team in the league, though. I'm not, I never said that because we had the conversation last week, you know, in postgame. You know, where did where did the Eagles rank? And Seth joiners. Um, um, what the hell do they call it where they rank a power rankings? Okay. And my power rankings is Kansas City, it's the Buffalo Bills, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. Okay? That's now, where I have it. To me, right now, they're playing the best. Out of all the teams in the NFC, that's just a fact. Agreed. Okay? That is just a fact. Now, does that mean that they're gonna win a Super Bowl? Listen, if Kansas City stays healthy and they play the way that they played against Tampa Bay the other night, they ain't nobody beating them in the Super Bowl. Okay. Nobody. It's gonna take, you know, an injury to Mahomes or, you know, some injuries so on the offense. Chris Jones, line, somebody on that defense. Chris side. Jones, exactly. It's gonna take you know things like that injuries are going to be what's going to change the narrative for them okay but you think about the Eagles the Eagles what's the what's the two teams you know that can really cause problems for the Eagles you know I think the 49ers
2: team.
3: I think the 49ers can cause them some issues because they're built
2: alike they look a lot alike Seth I mean
3: you want to know you want to know why I disagree with that Dan please because I because I put Jimmy Garoppolo in that same category of quarterbacks that when under duress, when under pressure, he will fold like a Samsonite. Why do you think they were trying to get rid of him? They were trying to get rid of him for the same exact reason that Sean McVay got rid of Jared Goff. Because when it comes to crunch time, he cannot stand against the pressure. Shit, I okay? thought it was more of an injury they were. He's 38 and he's 38 and
2: 17 and Kyle Shanahan is 9 and 29 without him.
3: That just that goes to show you. Well, well listen. Is he a big part of what they do? You got to look at the 9 and 28 and ask yourself. The reason why they lost the Super Bowl to Kansas City. Yep. Okay. Go back and watch the game. Second half he was terrible. The divisional game and the and the NFC Championship game. They ran the ball two to one, okay? They ran rough shot the, through the entire NFC in the playoffs. They get to the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, Shanahan wants to make him the MVP, and you're going to put the ball in his hand. All they had to do was run the ball because Kansas City's defense was straight-up hot garbage, trash. Couldn't okay? stop the run. If they would have just ran the football, yeah. they would have won. But because they had to put the ball in his hands and because Kansas City with Steve Spagnolo knew that he couldn't stand the pressure, he started to come. And when he started to come, he wilted like steamed spinach. What <laughs> hey, well, Seth, what I'd be interested. Who are the two teams you think could give Philly problems? I think that, you know, if the young wide receivers in Green Bay find their footing, and we're going to get an idea when they play them down the road, if they can figure out okay what it is that you know to get on the same page with with Aaron the defense is playing a little bit better if they can find some continuity by the time they get to playoff time they could be a problem um the Rams the same way you know if they can figure out if they can figure it out their the own lines really got troubles I, I get it but if they can figure it out in some way some fashion you know, they're going to be right there, you know, because they're they're talented enough and good enough on the defense, you know, to really gain possessions, you know, for the offensive side of the ball. Now, I'm not saying one way or the other that these guys, you know, that those teams, you know, will just beat down the Eagles. But I'm saying, in my opinion, those are the two teams, in my opinion, when it's all said and done with all things being equal, that, you know, they're going to they're going to give the Eagles the greatest problem. Because you don't, I don't think the see,
2: Bucks are in that conversation then? I
3: don't see the Bucks, you know, recovering. I really don't. You know, they, they can't run the ball because their they're, they're, um, they're offensive line – Got three you know, guys out. They, they, they can't get it done. And if you go back and you look at Kansas City, Kansas City has now formulated a game plan for how to attack that defense. For the first time, you know – as long as, you know, I've been watching Todd Bowles, he had no answer whatsoever, no answer, you know? So teams are going to go and they're going to get that game film and they're going to break that blueprint down and they're going to figure out ways to emulate what, um, you know, what Kansas City was able to do. Now, granted, you know, you got a quarterback that's just different. You know, you got a tight end this, you know, tied to that quarterback that doesn't run traditional routes. He just seems like he's out there schoolyarding, you know, half the time. And Mahomes knows where he is and what he's going to do. Then you got, you know, a, a, a core wide receivers that, you know, that pretty much just, you know, they're like no names, but they're all straight up ballers. And then when you look at the run game, my goodness, that kid number 10, I forget his name, that they drafted in the, in the seventh round. I mean, he, he he's a beast now. You got to be able to duplicate or replicate some of that stuff. But at the same time, there's a blueprint, you know, and the Eagles should be smart enough, you know, to utilize that blueprint after, you know, the garbage that they put on the field against Tampa Bay twice last year.
2: Let me, let me finish with this one here with the Cowboys and next week and Jordan Malata and some of the injuries, especially with now, if you play of this week, there, it, it may be a game-time decision. They may just be holding uh, their cards close to their vest here. But to me, Seth, I don't really need him Sunday. I'd rather have him healthier against Michael Parsons next Sunday night. It's a divisional game. It's the game of the year. I know we can't look – look, I want to win this game Sunday because it's an NFC game too – because this could do seating in the conference, too, at the end of the year. So I get it all. No game is you should not be trying to win. I get that. But to me, the importance of mulata is huge. You're going to have not J.J. Watt 10 years ago, but you got a different J.J. Watt, but a 60% Malata. He'll make him look like old J.J. Watt. Now, if I rest him, I'm going to have him healthier, at least, against Michael Parsons. Who people are considering in the same category as Aaron Donald. What would you do if you're the Eagles this week with Jordan Malato?
3: Well, I mean, with Malata, you gotta ask yourself, what, you gotta ask yourself, what what's the chances with that injury that you could make it worse? You know? Um, because I saw him on the sideline during last week's game, you know, hitting the pad. Yeah, I saw him know, punching to, too. Yeah, yeah, trying to trying to give it a go. Um, I don't know you know what the diagnosis of that was where they, well, were they just,
2: kept him out all week.
3: Well, uh, okay, so are you being are you being conservative with him or is there really an issue? Um, if there's really an issue, he's too valuable down the road for you to put him out, you know, against a team who really doesn't have a premier pass rusher. You know, Mark Marcus Golden on the outside is the best that they have. Part of Chandler Chandler Jones is gone. They don't have a guy that's really going to scare you.
2: How about the that Allen people? kid?
3: Huh? How about that Allen
2: kid they got from uh, Boston College? He's not that bad.
3: Well, I mean, he's not that bad. I mean, they they've got they're going to create the majority of their havoc, you know,
2: linebackers on
3: on the, you know, on the inside with the two big guys, you know. Yeah. And if they decide to blitz the linebackers, um if Say Amalo, if his you know, if if his ankle is still bothering him, you know, then you, you know, these guys, you got to sit because the long-term prognosis is what's more important than winning this game against, against the Cardinals. Um, You got to have those guys healthy for Dallas and beyond. And if there's any way that playing those guys this week exacerbates the injuries that they already have, you know, then I think, you know, we all know what the answer is. You sit them you know, for an extra week. Now I'm not happy with a guy like, you know, Opeta at right guard. I'm just not, you know, when I watch him play, he doesn't look like he's, you know, overly aggressive. Most of the runs, they have to run him to Malata side and, and, um, and Dickerson side, you know, to make, to make, hay, but, um, you know, listen, it, it, it is what it is. Um, it's just one of those situations where this is the new NFL. Your backups better be ready to play and at any moment because injury is so prevalent. I've never seen so many injuries, so many season-ending um, injuries by some of these guys. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. And again, to me, it goes all the way back to the fact that they don't work hard enough you know, you go through OTAs, you don't do a whole lot of anything. You go through training camps, you got these abbreviated practices. No one plays in the preseason anymore. You're trying to make sure you get everybody healthy to the regular season. And then what happens through the first four regular season, you know, games, you got guys who pull hamstrings, torn ACLs, sprained knees, soft tissue injuries, It just goes on and on and on and on because you just don't you don't work the guys hard enough, you know, doing training camp. It's like, why, why isn't Jordan Davis playing more? You know, 27 plays a game, you know, is he that out of shape? Why don't you, you know, th- there was never a time back when I played where you got done practicing that you didn't run some kind of sprints, whether it were gassers or strider one hundreds or you know, pursuit angle, pursuit 10, drill, 10 shit 40s, like that. something. I mean, these guys they practice and then they get the hell off the field and they're done for the day. Any cardio that they get, they got to get it on their own. And if they're not disciplined to do it on their own, and most football players, listen, if they didn't make guys lift, they wouldn't lift. If they didn't make guys run, they wouldn't run. they just show up and play the game. They Listen, I would I would venture to say that the majority of guys wouldn't even come to practice if all they had to do was show up on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. That's just human nature, okay? So the things that they need, you need to make them do it. Make them run some sprints. You know, twice a week, early in the week, you know, so that they can keep their their cardio up, so that they can play, you know, an extended amount of, of an extended amount of, of, of downs in a game. But you see these these guys, they play, you know, fifty to to sixty five percent of the plays. I mean, I, I I couldn't play in this era with my mentality because I never wanted to come off the field. You,
2: you, you know, and, Seth, it's funny you say that because Tony Dungy was on a couple of. Uh... Shows ago, and he said this: the reason why you're seeing a lot of injuries, in his opinion, in the second half of games, is because these guys aren't in condition. And one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot of close scores, you're seeing a lot of games like where you know, look at the Eagles. I mean, you know, people keep saying how come they don't score a lot of points in the second half. Well, I think it's got something to do with conditioning too. I mean, now you're 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 a month in, Seth, so you should be. You should be there. You know what I mean? You should be able to go 65 plays without an issue right now. I can't believe I'm even saying that to you because you know what I say. I'm with you. You can't play 65 plays in the first game.
3: Dude, you You don't belong on the roster. (laughs) But you you know what the problem is? The problem is, you know, they don't practice hard enough or long enough to truly really get any, any real conditioning in. I mean, you think about it if there's only 12 plays or 15 plays in each period you know the the starters don't get 10 of 15 right or you know or 8 of 12 you know that number is more like 6 <laughs> you, you understand what i'm saying yeah totally I mean, so, so so how much time are you actually spending on the field where you're actually running 8 minutes um, and it's, it's just not enough, you know? I mean, I would spend, you know, the off season, in the off season, man, I'm, I, I would lift and then go run. My conditioning time was damn near equal to my lifting time, you know, because I just knew. I mean, back in the day, if you could tap your head like you're tired if you want to, buddy would run the shit out of you <laughs> the entire next week, you know? <laughs> so you knew to come in in condition and in shape. And, and listen. What I want, what I always want, I, I want to play, you yeah. know. If I want to play and I want to be my best, and that means that I've got to have enough stamina that when I get to the fourth quarter that I can do the same things in the fourth quarter that I can do in the first quarter. And if you're not conditioned, guess what? It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I, I'm, I'm looking at one of your guys here. He's um, – um, no, he's talking crap. I ain't even going to give him – <laughs>
2: hey, 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 Seth, one last thing here for you, man, with Brady. You know, you and I believe that the game, and again, parody in the game, the league likes parody. I mean, they, they want everybody to be as close as possible. Point differential nowadays is three points. I totally get it. But is Brady right? It's just a bunch of shitty football being played right now. I mean, some of the game, I mean, like last night, that thing was totally unwatchable, man. I mean, Look, and I'm going to sound like old man, get off my lawn, but, I mean, I mean, Redskins and Cowboys and Eagles and Giants and Niners and Giants and uh, Bears and Packers. I mean, those freaking games were 60-minute wars, man. I mean, I played in a division called the Black and Blue Division, the NFC Central Division. I mean <laughs> – I don't know, Seth. I mean, I, I sound like an old man right now, but I just see a lot and I agree with Brady. It's seven on seven shitty football. Well, it is.
3: You know, I mean, hey, listen, the game has just changed. It is it's changed a lot. For the better? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I really don't think so. I mean, my I was talking to somebody about this just the other day. I said, How do you how do you make the comparison? of the tight ends of yesterday with the tight ends of today. Like Bavaro. Because if, if I was playing in today's game and I had Travis Kelsey, man, to man, I'd be kicking his ass at the line of scrimmage and making him release where I wanted him to release. Okay. But you get penalized for that. No, you don't because you got five, you got five yards. Okay. To take your shot. Okay. And, what The reason why coordinators don't like to do it because they're scared to death that if a guy misses, that now oh, yeah. that guy's going to be wide open, okay? So rather than get up and challenge people at the line of scrimmage, um what they do is they play off. And you got to understand how offenses are coordinated nowadays, okay? Everything is timing, okay? Everything is timing. I don't care especially especially when you're in zone coverage okay if you're in man and you're off and you're head up on that receiver that you're covering he's got a two-way go okay and if you're not a supreme athlete you don't stand a snowball's chance in hell of covering it, okay when you drop in zone and all and the, on the snap of the ball, all three receivers the tight end, in the back releases, okay, those routes are designed. So the tight end is supposed to be at seven. The, the Z is supposed to be at 15. The X is supposed to be at 12. The back is sitting down at five, okay? So by the time the quarterback's back foot hits his drop, guess what happens? He's letting the ball go. He's not letting the ball go because he sees that somebody is open. He's letting the ball go because the routes are, are are run on time. So you're trying to disrupt that. You're trying it, it, to disrupt that. Absolutely, because let's say the tight end, let's just say that the tight end is the primary, right? And he's got a 10-yard stop route. So if I take my shot at him, that delays his release. So when he's supposed to be at 10, guess where he's at? He's at 8. And if mm. he's at 8 and he's the primary, the quarterback can't wait for him to get to 10 so what does the quarterback do? He goes to the next guy in the progression. So when, you, when you're when you challenging it. And you increase
2: level. your odds of that play having failure once he goes to second and third. Because like you said, right, Seth? The first option is your higher percentage of completing the first down. Second lowers it. Because when we get that book, our game plan, first, second, and third. You know, we, we know if you're on your second progression, that's going to have a lesser chance of success than on the first progression mm-hmm. if he does that. So you're up. Op- Your idea is this. Get up there, jam that guy, man. Put Kelsey, put a fist in his chest and put that guy out there. Make those offenses nowadays go two and three. Is that right? Is that how you would coordinate? These
3: these receivers get free release to go wherever they want. There was a time in the game where, you know, we had a saying, no free access. That meant that everybody, everybody who was releasing into a pass was going to get jammed. At least once. They're going to get a hand put on him at least once. And if I, had a, if I had a running back in the backfield, okay, that was coming out, and he was like, if this is the tackle, he was lined up on the outside foot of the tackle, I wasn't waiting for that guy to come out of the backfield, okay? The tackle, I'm looking at the tackle. I'm keying him through the tackle. The minute I see the tackle kick, I'm coming to get him right now inside out, okay? I'm going to attack the inside shoulder, and I'm going to jam him. Why am I doing that? Because if I attack the inside shoulder, I give him, I make him release outside where I want him to release. Okay. And then I eat up the space. And the sooner I eat up the space, the less apt I am to give him a two-way go. But the back's in the backfield at four yards. The linebacker's lined up at five. Okay. When the ball is snapped, the linebacker, just goes parallel to that five-yard line, line that he's on, and the back's coming out. By the time the back comes out, okay, there's seven to eight yards worth of space in between. And then what happens is they get head up on him, and he's got a two-way go. So you got those those F-under routes. And you, and you got those un, uncover routes where they come inside, and they get you to thinking they're going to cross, and they plant their inside foot in the ground and turn around and go back outside. Yep. I mean, if that, when guys like used, a wheel route. I mean, when guys used to run those routes on me, I hit him in the back of the head. He was out of the damn <laughs> route. I mean, you, you, I'm gonna let you. You're gonna go down in there like I don't. I don't see what you're trying to do. It's like the wheel route. Yeah. I mean, the, the wheel route is the same thing. Guy comes out of the backfield. The tight end comes out and he runs. He's running parallel to the line of scrimmage. Okay what out route is in the route tree where he runs parallel to the line of scrimmage. That's he's right. running parallel to the line of scrimmage because he wants you to chase because yep. the minute he gets you on the same level that he is, he's going to turn it out. He's into him out. Out. Right. I mean, just just, it's just football smarts to be able to understand that. And when I see these young guys getting, getting beat with that kind of nonsense, it's like, what the hell is your coach teaching you? What kind of information is he putting inside of you? Okay. In order for you to win and be successful. But that's in front of a camera too, Seth. You gotta have guys that
2: that are motivated to do that. And that leads me to Kobe Dean. Are you concerned that he's only had three reps this year? Is it is I mean, he's a third-round draft choice, and this kid's supposed and I get Kaiser and TJ are playing good, but I mean, Seth, three reps? I hey, expected listen. more out of that. And you know what? I'm not I'm not saying he's a bust, I'm not saying anything like that, but I'm saying Shit, man, I watched that kid Lloyd play down in Jacksonville. That kid's killing it down there in Jacksonville, man. This kid can't get on the field.
3: Hey, well, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something, man. I don't know. I, I, I was I was pissed off on, on draft day because the information about his pet came out on draft day. And my theory was, okay, you had him at the combine. You had him at his pro day. You had the ability to come in anytime that you want to and work this guy out. Why did it have to wait till, till the day before the draft, a draft day, to come out that he's got a pec issue? So, okay, does he have a peck issue because he ain't getting on the field, or did we overvalue him in the top fifteen and he fell in the draft because everybody began to see that he didn't was he wasn't running a lightning fast forty time? He just had great tape, you know, from his senior year. In, in 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 Georgia, he's so a little dude too, man. Hey man, hey listen, TJ Edwards is playing lights out. You I know, the last the it, last time, tough. the Shit. last time I the last time I was on with you, Dan, I said, you know, you know, watching Kazir White through preseason, I'm like, this dude may make the play the, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, this year. yeah. And, and and he was, you remember, he was my preseason. Yeah, pick yeah, no, I agree. He with make you. the Pro Bowl. Yeah. But after watching TJ, great. I mean. When they go to dime, Kazir White comes off the field. TJ stays in and plays. Dude. I mean, that's just like blows my mind. From one year to the next. Seth
2: undrafted too. That dude is old school, filled the gap. I mean, like this, dude, guard away, centers away. He's in that gap, man. He hits that. I mean, no false steps. I mean, the thing that I'm impressed with TJ, he is a key reader. And maybe that's because he wasn't thought of a lot when he came out of college, Seth. But I'll tell you one thing, and he's got a little bit of that, like you, because when you watched you on film, one of the things about that gangrene defense, no, not too many dudes except for Jerome with false steps. Most of the guys read their keys because I tell people this all the time. Don't follow the ball. It'll always lead you away from the play. Follow your keys. It will always lead you to the ball. And when you do that and you've got guys doing that, this guy, TJ Edwards, man, reminds me of an old school linebacker, Seth. I mean, he reads those keys, they go away, he's in the gap. He he never takes a false step. I'm impressed with him.
3: Let me let, let, let me tell you something, Sil. So I had so I was consulting with a, a pro linebacker in the offseason. And one of the first things I asked him when we were watching film together, I said, what are you keying, what are you looking at? And you wanna know what he told me? He said, "Um, well, they teach us to, you know, key the back. And I said, what? He was like, yeah, they teach us to key the back. And I said, you know, I'm not trying to like speak in opposition of what you're being coached to do, okay? Because what I'm gonna teach you to do is broaden your vision where you can read through the line to the back, okay? I said, but the problem is the quarterback and the running back are the two greatest liars on the entire offensive side of the ball. Okay? If I'm a quarterback and, you know, and I want to run the ball to the two, four, six, eight.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop
3: by. Granger for the ones who get it done. hole, okay? Why would I reverse out to the 1357 hole? <laughs> okay, let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because these coaches who teach these guys this nonsense, okay, they're keying the quarterback. The quarterback reverses out. They take a step to the side that he reverses to, thinking that that's the way the ball is going, and they create angles, blocking angles, for the ball where it's really going to the two, four, six, eight hole, okay, instead of reading the offensive linemen, because they're the one group that cannot lie to you. They're the only group that cannot lie to you. If it's pass, they're setting. If it's run, they're firing off. Okay. If it's a if it's a some kind of pull play, okay, that guard is gonna be light. And I can still hear Jerome. He's light, he's light. You know, <laughs> you, you just you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, reading splits. And, and, reading and splits. And and what does that do? That gives you an opportunity to anticipate what's happening. But what you gotta do when I what I started teaching them to do, okay, you got to key through the uncovered lineman to the back. Okay. Now I'm not telling you don't look at the back, but I was trained to follow the offensive lineman. The offensive lineman never lie. Now there's some and I told them, there's some key breakers. I've seen teams, you know, go full pull here and turn around and hand the ball and the ball goes and where pull with blocks. You know, because that that defensive end on the backside always he's crashing like crazy. So they're game planning the fact that he's going to crash. So they run the back ball back where, you know, he's vacated. I said, but you can pick that stuff up in game planning and, and film study throughout the week. Those are key breakers to, to, to kind of confuse your eyes, you know. But the eyes are the most important part, you know, of, of, of playing football. And the great players have really, really great eye discipline. You know, they lock in on what they're supposed to be locking in. They believe with their eyes You know, tell them like this, there's no self-doubt, and they just play balls to the wall all the time. The guys who really have a problem and the hardest part with young players, they come into the NFL, they don't have that kind of training that I'm talking about. They don't get that kind of training that I'm talking about, and they struggle. Seth, this was an education for
2: everybody. who has been going incredible football talk here, man. And, look, that post-game show is spectacular, you are spectacular. You are spectacular to me too. And I want to thank you because again, it's an education too, because seeing the game through your eyes, I, I I try to tell people this all the time. It's one thing to watch a game, but it's another thing to watch a guy like you and Singletary and you, you know, buddy has given you the knowledge of the game and you can see how you see the football game. You don't, you you see it through what's in front of you, splits, keys, all of this stuff. and, It's truly a great lesson each and every single time that you come on here, man, bro. I love you, man. I mean, it's an honor to have you on here too. And it's an honor to have you as my friend. Thank you so much, Seth.
3: You got it, man. Anytime I'm busy, but I always make time for big sales.
2: You got it, man. Thank you so much, Seth. I appreciate it, man. Seth Joyner. Don't forget you catch him also on the post game show, which is the best post game show around. I mean, not just in Philly, but in my opinion, in the country, hit the like button. We'll expand on everything that Seth said. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
0: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
1: Go to get your game on, go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
4: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
0: Go first.
4: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
0: Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call
5: Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. Gojeffauto.com.
2: Welcome back. National Football Show. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. Seth Joyner spending an hour with us. How you doing? Thank you so much, Seth. I mean, we have such great conversations. You know, he always asks me questions about, did Jerome act like this with you? Did Jerome act like that with, you You know, did he do this? Did he do that? I said, man, he did that shit. Five years before he even got to Philadelphia, man. That's how he was. And he loved Jerome Brown. I mean, that was his guy. Those guys were, I mean, he and Keith Jackson, um, I knew those men. I didn't know Seth that way. You know what's funny? Seth is a quiet guy back then. On the field, he spoke with a big stick, though. Okay? The majority of the dudes on that gangrene Eagle team, you know who's really a really good guy to talk to? Is Clyde Simmons. Great guy. I'll tell you another guy, man. He lived in Tampa until his passing. Andre Waters. I used to get Andre on my show in DAE in Tampa all the time. I lo- and I'd go out, we'd get, get a bite to eat. Andre Waters was awesome. Only thing you don't do with Andre. Don't disrespect him though. He might not, you know, he, if he doesn't know you and you start disrespecting, it might get a little ugly on you, but he's really a good guy. Wes Hopkins too. Another one of those guys. That was fantastic. Reggie, I'll tell you this. Reggie reminded me of this guy. Reggie White and Leroy Selman are the nicest men I've ever seen play pro football and do the destruction that they did. There were just destruction everywhere. I say that he's the greatest, and so does Mean Joe Green, and so does Belichick. Leroy Salmon's the greatest 34-end of all time. Reggie's the greatest D-lineman of all time. And the nicest people never swore. I never heard Leroy Salmon say a swear word in my life. Same thing with Reggie. And I was around Reggie quite a bit because of Jerome. Absolutely just spectacular people, man. Okay? GT. Yeah, you remember Seth telling Howard Eskin to shut the hell up? Oh, I'm going to tell you this. He re- with this, was this after he was playing? Because, man, I'm telling you, I mean, he didn't – he wasn't – keep Jackson and keep Byers. Those guys were like the big vocal guys on those Eagle teams, man. Yeah. Bruce Smith's a good dude, too. He Bruce Smith's a good man. Neil Smith with the Kansas City Chiefs was a good guy. Nick, thank you so much, man. I no longer see a loss on the schedule. Scott, I got the Cardinals winning. What do I have? I got the Cardinals winning. What did I pick? I think I said 27-21. I got the Cardinals winning this game on Sunday. And I... Bring on Clyde. Clyde's coaching somewhere. I got to figure out where that is. Eagles all day. What GT? I got to, I got, I got an upset here. I think those injuries are going to play a factor. You're high. (laughs) I wish (laughs) not 42, 20. No, no, no. I got 27, 21. Um, Excuse me. Cardinals. I think it's an upset. I do. God, that was a great conversation talking with, um, And by the way, I'm with... Hey, how come when Seth Joyner says that he really loves what Jalen Hurts is doing right now but to sit there and say, as he earned a $46 million contract, he's not there either yet. He hasn't earned that money yet. He hasn't earned that distinction. He's beaten nobody. There is nothing on the Jalen Hurts resume as of today and I agree with Seth. That makes me go like this. That guy is a $45 million a year guy. Nothing. Nothing. Okay? I happen to disagree with him on Garoppolo. Um, because the record without Garoppolo says a different story in San Francisco. Okay. Get ready to sing on Tuesday, because Tuesday's singing day, if it happens. I'm not singing. Birds go to 5-0. and oh. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, singing day is not Monday. Singing day is, is Tuesdays. D. Hopkins has been the eagle killer. Yeah, and so is Larry Fitzgerald. But, the, you know, Hopkins, I don't think, comes back for two more weeks. Hurt sounds like an R-rated Hallmark card. Hey, I think he's been playing really great ball. Reddick needs respect. Hey, get off the bus, dude. About time he got off the bus. About time he got off the bus. Shit. Paying him $15 million? to What? Shit on his ass? First two games, sat on his ass. Get the fight song lyrics ready. I know him. I got him. I've already done it twice. We're good. Cardinals are undisciplined and Kyler isn't playing. At the level he used to. Oh, okay. So at 25, he's he's washed like um, Russell Wilson. He's been figured out. Oh, okay. But not Jalen. Jalen hasn't been figured out. After how many games starting now? What is it? Uh, 15 plus four. Uh, he's got 20 games. Or geez. Gee, Jalen has started 25. How many games has Jalen started now? Last year was 15. This year's four. So there's nine. Started, like, what was it, five games? So he's... uh, Really? Hold on for a second here. So Jalen Hurts has started almost 30 NFL games? And I'm still here with this? I don't know. Whoa! 30 games! Let me see here. Well, how many games... Wait wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, this is important here. 15, 4... I might as well just go five because he's starting Sunday. So 20, 20 games, and then the he started almost 25 ball games. 24 ball or 23. 23 games. And in those 23 games, what's his biggest moment? Uh, I don't have much time. So if you could tell me, okay. Hey, Sills, we beat Arizona and Dallas. Will you sing the fight song with pom-poms? N- no, I will not. Made the playoffs. Okay, that's a good one. Darren, that's a good one. Made the playoffs. Broncos are done. 13 and 10. That's his record. That's not bad. 13 and 10, it's not quite Jimmy G, but that's not bad. Hey, guess what the rumor is? Garoppolo to the Giants, trading deadline. Yeah? The Giants want to make the deal. The 49ers are like, I don't know, it's not happening. Trey Lance is out. We're not doing any of that. 49ers have a shot to go to the Super Bowl. The Giant fans are thinking that the Niners will trade Garoppolo now. (laughs) Dude, you had that boat. Same thing with Carolina. They're playing Carolina this weekend. Instead of making the trade for Garoppolo, they made a trade for Baker Mayfield, and he's shitting the bet out loud down in Carolina. The Giants are scrambling now for a quarterback because Dimes Jones had 70 yards last week. You scared, Sills? No. 27-21 Cardinals on Sunday. Whoa, Sills ain't in black. Two days in a row, isn't it? Or whatever, two of the last three days? The Giants have nothing to give. They don't. Redick said, he's driving the bus to Arizona. Go get him, mate. About time, man. You're making $15 million. Guy was embarrassing in the first two games. Sills, your glasses. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm working on it. Believe me, I got a new set coming. This will not be worn next week. Oh, no. Maddox, Malata, and Elliot are out. Is that official, Scott? Everyone on my Twitter page said that I was full of shit that Malata was playing. I said he ain't playing. That guy is not playing. They want him for maca. Maca possums. By the way, top of the hour. I'll give you my predictions on week five of the NFL, some college football games as well. A lot of stuff going on, man. This is going to be a great weekend. Is that official on Malata being ruled out? How much is Russell making? $297 million. Okay? I'm okay with Malata sitting out. Me too. Actually, Jess, me too. Get him in that Dallas game. Get him as healthy as you can for the Cowboys. Okay, get them in the Cowboy game. You want them in the Cowboy game. I think you can get by with the Cardinal guys. I don't think I don't think the Cardinals have exceptional ends. I think Jack Driscoll can do it. I think he'll be okay. I think you can get away with it, Jeff Stoutland. Co- I-, I think they'll be okay. Tar Heels fifty, Canes three. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey, no comment. Hey, big hey, big pickin'. Always remember this. Russell Mil- Wilson may not have a, or be having a good year this year, but he always goes home to Sierra. So it's so, all, you know, you're kind of like, shit, man, I really played like hell last night against the Colts. I still go home to Sierra, though. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I mean, honestly, right? You go home to Sierra. No, I, I, no, 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 no. I, I do not think Jack Driscoll's a bum. I do not think that. I think he's going to do well. I think he'll do okay out there. Losing is not okay. I never said that. I said not having him on the field is okay. Sills, what happened to Russ? Dude, I think different system. Hey, doesn't it show you this, what Brady and Stafford did? Russell Wilson thought he was going to do it too in Denver. You know, tell me you don't think this. Russell Wilson went like this. Well, if Brady and Stafford can do it, I can do it. You know, go from one team to another, you see some pretty good personnel in Denver, and you think you could just plug yourself right in and win. A little harder now, right? Who would have thought that? Stafford succeeded. We won a Super Bowl. Brady won a Super Bowl. And Russell Wilson looks like he that doesn't look like Russell Wilson. That looks like Zach Wilson. I mean, right? Hey, what Brady and Stafford did eh, a little bit harder now. Okay, even even Philip Rivers in Indianapolis won eleven games. Russell Wilson can't figure it out. You know why? He's got a first year baby diaper coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Hey, I don't want my coach named Nathaniel. I feel like uh like I need to go talk to Ben Franklin. Hey, Nathaniel, what are we running today? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Hey, Nathaniel. Hey, I'll tell you that. That ain't Paul Hackett. <laughs> hey, his last name may be Hackett, but the first name ain't Paul Hackett because Paul Hackett was a good coordinator. Actually, Zach Wilson did look good last week. Team is completely different. Hey, the Seahawks look better with Geno. Oh, hey, that coach might not make it. He might not make it to... um to uh Thanksgiving, Paul Hackett. Hey, by the way, real quick. November one is the trading deadline. You think Howie makes a move before November first? You think he makes a move? Some type of move. Xander goes a hundred percent chance. What would be the area of the football? By the way, you want to hear something? Carolina's floating the name Christian McCaffrey out there. Would you be interested? Here's another name that's being floated out. That defensive tackle in New Orleans. Okay, the pro bowler escapes me now. How about Robert Quinn in Chicago? They're talking about floating that dude out there. He had 18 sacks last year. Would you go after Robert Quinn for a one-year deal, rental? Cam Jordan's name is being floated around, floated around that the, um, the Saints may ha- want to move him. Oh, Michael Thomas's name. From the Saints is being floated around as potential moving on. Michael Thomas? Okay. (laughs) Brian Burns? I ain't moving him. Ain't moving him. No Thomas? No Michael Thomas? Something wrong with him. Would you bring in Robert Quinn? What would you give up for Robert Quinn? Would you give up Fletcher? (laughs) Yeah. What would you give up? Robert Quinn can rush the passer, dog. I think he's got over 120 sacks in his career. I don't think you need Michael Thomas either. I'd like to have that Robert Quinn, though. Robert Quinn's making big bucks, is he? I think he's making $13 million. Well, wait a minute. You got Hassan. That's right. I forgot. You know, you got the guy got off the bus last week. Fourth round pick. That might be a pick. I'm going to use that in quarterback next uh, April. You think he, hey, he's 32? Well, I don't know. Von Miller was a fact. Hey, look at the guys that made an impact last year. Once you made a move for him. Hey, dude, Von Miller went into uh, Los Angeles and he was on the other side of Aaron Donald. So if you put Robert Quinn on the other side of Hassan Reddick and you got two edge rushers like that against Dallas, how you doing? You put Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox in the middle, Javon Hardgrave, you got Sweat in there in rotation. Jeez. That makes some sense. How you doing? Depends on cost. What do you care? All of them are on one-year deals anyway. You sign a guy to a one-year deal, then he goes into an opportunity to go to a free agent market, and you tell him, hey, come here and try to win a Super Bowl, and you'll be like Von Miller, signing a a big contract in the offseason, and he gets to pick another team. Who cares? You have a guy like Robert Quinn, and he helps you win the Super Bowl, and he wants to be a free agent in the offseason? Who gives a shit? Go ahead. He's 32. Go ahead. You're not going to have to give a lot of equity up for the guy. The Bears know that. The Bears want to dump the salary. They don't want to – they're not looking at draft picks. They want to get under the cap to try to rebuild that team up there. Dude, they got all kinds of problems in Chicago, and cap is just one of them. They need cap, and also they need draft choices. Two worst things you could tell somebody. Here, here's what the Bears have. you got a young quarterback you're not developing, a first-year head coach. You're shit against the salary cap, and you have no draft equity. (laughs) Good night. You're going to be in purgatory for five years unless you rebuild this thing. And see, some teams do it this way. They rebuilt football teams half ass They think they can do it on the fly. Well, you got to have a quarterback to do that. They rebuilt that, that New England Patriot dynasty three times because they had Brady in the building. That's why they were able to do it. When you have Brady in the building, you can restructure deals, bring in new guys, not to worry about the cap. He doesn't play like he's 32. Dude, I, I looked his... Hey, you know what the the most stunning thing about Robert Quinn is? The most stunning thing about Robert Quinn is the number of of career sacks he has. I, I, I mean, like, this guy. How many career sacks does Robert Quinn of the Bears have? Somebody look that up for me. How many career sacks does Robert Quinn have? 101. He's got 102 sacks in his career. <laughs> Dude, you would have told me that Robert Quinn, okay, has 102 sacks in his career. It is Unbelievable. Where's will take Dillard. I don't know if I'm giving Andre Dillard up right now on the trading deadline. I need to have depth at the old line and that's eh, not going to work for me. I'd rather stick with what I have. I'm not going to take and Rob Peter to pay Paul, especially in an equity position, like an old line guy. I'm not giving up Andre Dillard for a six month rental. No way, shape or form. Okay? No way, shape, or form. 102 sacks. That's insane. Bears will take Dillard. It's a good thought picking, but no way. No no way am I giving that up. Zach Gertz, I can't wait to see what he does against the Eagles. I can't wait to see how he performs against them. Really, you know? I can't wait to see that. Dude, man, that guy's got 100. Hey. Hey, I know, right, sports? Dude's got 102 sacks. You you could you could have sewed my head to the floor on that one and said, hey, Robert Quinn's got over 100 sacks. What? There's guys in the Hall of Fame who don't have that. Guys in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I can't wait to see what Zach – hey, Zach Gertz has played. I think he's averaging like 45 yards a game. Okay, so, I mean, he's on pace for around seven, 800 yards if you're looking at it, close to 900 yards, actually, if you think about it. So Zach's actually, it's been him and Hollywood Brown that have carried the mail for the Cardinal offense until they get DeAndre Hopkins back. Cardinals are going to be a really good football team when they get Hopkins back. I'm still suspect on them on the defensive side. I just don't think they can really generate a pass rush. And this is why I think they're sitting Milada. So you guys are telling me on the Milata deal, that um he's still doubtful. They've quest- they've labeled him as doubtful. They should. Yes, Seth lives in Arizona. Hey, that's where you go when you don't want to pay state income tax. He he's one of a billion dude. Mike Gullock lives there. Dude, there's a Charles Barkley lives there. Okay. They all come back and forth to Philly because that's what they do. But um, yeah, I mean Charles Barkley losing Phoenix. Yeah, you know the weather and all that. Yeah, no, no. Plus the taxes. I'm suspicious with. Um, hey, you should be nervous. A lot of did not play. Yeah, that means he did not practice, so he's probably questionable. I would. They probably have him listed as doubtful. That's what you would probably do. You would list him as doubtful going into Saturday, and then. Game day, game time, they would say that he's not going to probably play. Ertz is a caboose now. He used to be the engine. Okay, hey, Rick Tockett, too. He does. Rick lives in Phoenix, too, man. I love Rick Tocket. Love Rocket. All right, week five of the NFL. We'll talk a little bit about what happened with Russell Wilson. How about Howie doing the right thing and not making the move to get Wilson? Can you imagine seeing Russell Wilson in Philly playing like that? He'd get annihilated. Wow. Man, what happened to that guy? Frank Reich may have actually saved his job. Some college games. Should be a great college weekend. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
4: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia?
1: action news at 11 with rick williams it's the team you trust to bring it all together the stories that impact your community a sports roundup for the locals and the accuweather forecast you depend on action news at 11 with rick williams go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since
5: 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see
2: why. 21 Cardinals over the Eagles on Sunday how you doing everybody it's okay it's okay you got the Cowboys on the other side don't worry about it nobody's gonna say anything negative this is about collective wins and It's not really about one week. Okay. It's about a collection of games. It's about a collect, like, watch this. How many times have we seen this? Well, this team really played well and they're playing well, but then you put them all together. And at the end of the year, you're like, really played great early, but they kind of limped along at the end. And you want your guys playing the best ball. Hey, I'd rather take a team that's ten and six, than thirteen and five, or thirteen and four. That's not playing well down the stretch and loses two, uh, three of uh, three of five ball games going into the playoffs. You got another team playing their asses off, and another team as hot as ever. They get in and they they just start winning ball games. It's kind of what the Bengals did last year. Okay, it's kind of what the Bengals did. By the way, appreciate everybody. Hit the like button here. Don't worry about it. It's only, don't worry about it. it be all right. You guys be good. So last night, we saw this ball game. I want to look at week five. And it started last night. Colts over the Denver Broncos, 12 to nine. Am I right when I say this? That the Denver Bronco offense has put up 20 points. Wait a minute. Nine, and what was it, 12? Or was it 11-10 against the Niners? So am am I right when I say this? They've only put up like 20 points in the last two weeks with Russell Wilson. Is that right? Okay. Jesus criminy. What has happened there with that? I'm going to make a point. You see those injuries last night too? So the NFL wants to play these Thursday night games. I'm all for it. But what you need to do is put another buy-in to get the players rest. If you don't want to have Case Keenum versus Nick Foles in a conference championship game again, you better put another buy weekend. If you want to protect the health of these players and you want to make sure that you have Brady versus Stafford in conference championship games, You better put another bye week in there. You're traveling them to Europe. They're going to that stupid London game. Then you're turning around, playing them on Sunday night, Thursday night. Put another buy in. Oh, wait, that means I got another week of paying guys for not working? Look how, how, like, cheesy and cheap. There's two good words for the NFL. Cheesy and cheap. That they really are. Don't you want the best product? Brady's right. It's shitty football right now. Hey, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it over on him, too. He ain't playing the best ball. Bucks don't look that hot. And he don't really look that good. I didn't think he looked that bad against Mahomes, but stop being consistent. I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't. I don't know. We'll see. Because it's Brady. I'm not going to go there. Just like with Wilson. I'm not surrendering on Wilson either yet. That's not what I'm doing. This guy's too good. He he he's not, I don't think, gonna fall off the cliff like everybody else thinks he's gonna fall off. I, I think he's gonna figure it out. Okay. I do. I think he's a good football player. But dude, you want to you want to prevent injuries and you want to help these players out? Put another bye weekend. You know, nobody brings that up. Put another freaking buy in. Give them more rest. There's nothing wrong. Watch this. And it extends the season, it makes the season longer for its fans. Come on, man. This Dan Silio can't figure that out. I mean, you've got, they probably figured it out, but went, why? Right? Why? But, dude, I I, I want to see quality product. Yeah, you know what, though, Brian? I thought that was really the worst of the worst Thursday night games. You know, I mean, I, I thought they'd been pretty good, and they got pretty lucky to start out this year. But if you're Amazon, you can't put that out there like that, man. You can't put that out there like that. All right, let's take a look at week five of the National Football League here. Green Bay is going to take on the Giants. I got the Green Bay Packers now running their record to four and one on the season. Green Bay's gonna be four and one. Okay. And Aaron Rodgers is watch this. I don't know. Green Bay, they beat the Bucks. Okay. I look at the Green Bay Packers schedule and they're four and one after they beat the Giants 30 to 20. I look at them and go like this. I don't know. Have they really been tested? I get he's beaten Belichick and Brady in consecutive weeks. I get it. But the Giants, what do they have to offer? Daniel Jones? No way. Packers are now 4-1 and one on the year after Sunday. Bills take out the Steelers. I think Pittsburgh. I don't know. So, though, the new standard in Pittsburgh is Mike Tomlin not having a losing record. I thought it was winning Super Bowls. 38-17. Josh Allen. Runs his record to 4-1 and on the season. Okay? Richie, Dan Cilio cannot figure out algebra. Hey, Richie, bottom line here is um, I got a degree at Miami where my degree folded in my back pocket. I didn't have to put it on the wall. (laughs) I don't. Good night. (laughs) My degree folded, you know, when when you get drafted in the NFL, you know, they give you some money and... You go and, you know, play a little bit. <laughs> that was my degree. Folded, put up my wallet. And, you know, it didn't say Dan on it. said Hamilton's and shit like that. So that was my degree. Most guys that come out of Miami, they're playing a football program. You know, they put their degree <laughs> in your pocket. You know, you don't really have to put it on the wall. <laughs> People put their degree on the wall have no money. okay chargers over the browns in a close one 28 20 chargers get that baby rolling again how you doing ruiz all good brother three two fills red october (laughs) yeah baseball Wake me up in October, will you? Wake me up at the end of October. And, you know, when we're talking about the World Series and we're around that time, is that fair? Okay, r- wake me up like the late part of October. A couple more weeks. Just wake me up. Hey, okay, you know, I'm sure everyone's enjoying themselves in the wild card games. I know, I later in October, Brian, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sales. <laughs> Hang on, I feel like I get electrocuted in here sometimes, man. Vikings. This is like a power ranking game. This is, hey, this is like a power ranking game for the Eagles. They beat the Bears 38 10 to run their record to 4 1. And the most accomplished team that the Eagles have beaten will be this Viking team. Yes, sir. Keeps your power rankings up. Come on, Minnesota. (laughs) Or as some of the people that where I'm from. Come on, Minnesota. Let's go, man. Keep that baby rolling. We got to look good because everyone else we played is shit. Come on, Minnesota. 38 10. Minnesota Vikings win. <laughs> Patriots. Over, oh my God. No, this is a horrible. This is a horrible showing for the Eagles here. Patriots over the one and soon to be four Lions.
3: <laughs>
2: and a close one, though. 27-25. Yeah. The greatness of the one and four Lions. Oof. See so Lions one and four, Vikings four and one. Okay, that kind of washes it there. <laughs> uh <laughs> Saints! This sucks. I hate to do this to you. Saints beat the Seahawks 20 to 18. And everybody in Philly's like, shit. Because <laughs> right now, going into this weekend, you're in a three hole. Are you done? for next April's draft. Hey, can you imagine this? Honestly, all kidding aside, can you imagine if the Eagles end up with the number one overall pick and they win the Super Bowl? (laughs) Holy cow. Dude, Philadelphia will be the center of the earth (laughs) in football. Can you imagine if Philly – and the Saints completely unri- unravel. And Dennis Allen, who I think stinks as a head coach anyway, this thing just goes really awful. And they that record goes total shit. And they get the first pick in the draft. I mean, that turns out to be the Eagles' first pick. <laughs> Eagles winning, Eagles win the NFC Championship. Oh, yeah, by the way, they also get the first pick in the draft in April. <laughs> Oh, my God. Hey, man, that'd be interesting. Who would they take? C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, or would you stick with Jalen? I don't want C.J. Stroud. Really? What if that guy goes on and he turns out to be Patrick Mahomes? Jalen Hurts is never going to be Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Dude, that guy would be lucky to be Lamar Jackson. What would you do? Don't let. What would you do? Would you stick with Jalen? Would you take Will Anderson? Or would you take the kid from Kentucky or C.J. Stroud? What would you do? Or would you trade the pick? And trade down to get multiple first-rounders? What do you think Howie would do with that? 100% 100% Will Anderson? Really? Why? Right? How about this? You make a deal with the second or third team or second team that's in the draft order and you go like this. You want the first pick? Yeah. Okay, here's the first pick. We'll take. We'll move down. You give us another first rounder. You can move up and get Will Levis from Kentucky or CJ Stroud. And in the two hole, you take Will Anderson. Not only do you get him at a cheaper deal because he's not the first overall pick, but he's not a quarterback, and you get him in the second pick, so you save money and you get your guy and you get a draft pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you call up whoever, like the Jets or whoever, shits to bed, the second worst to the Saints, and you trade down, get another first rounder for the next draft. And you get your guy and you get him at a lesser price because he's not the top overall pick. Are you doing right? That's if you pass on bringing a quarterback in. If you get because right now you're third, right now you're number three. So it's not a preposterous conversation here. If Saints lose and they keep losing, <laughs> you have the first pick in the draft. Holy shit! First pick in the draft. Oh, hey, guys, <laughs> okay, for anyone who missed the Seth Joyner and Dan one-hour master class in football, for sure, it premieres at 6 p.m. following the show. Yeah, we just talk ball for, you know, isn't it true, Xander? Every time Seth and I, we, we, we get on, even with Barrett, too, I love talking ball with Barrett. I just get into this zone with these guys because these guys see the game like I do. We just see the game the same way. We look at keys. We look at splits. I don't really watch the ball that – I don't really watch the ball. I watch players and what they're doing, what kind of angles, what kind of tackling, uh, what they're doing on T-stunts and such, how corners are playing. I, I'm really weird in how I look at football. I don't really look at it and enjoy I, – I, I enjoy it because I look at it and I see – like I said, yesterday, Hollis 2, absolutely, GT. Hollis too. You know, I was I, I was I was talking, and when I was on Twitter on Sunday, I kept saying this. Damn man, AJ Brown, he may not have elite numbers, but that dude is a complete mismatch. I have yet to see a defense on any team. Would you guys agree with this? I'll, I'll continue this. Hey, would you guys agree? I haven't seen a team slow him down yet. I have. I'm talking AJ Brown. I have not seen anybody defend him. Like, if I had to put him right now, would he be an All-Pro wide receiver in the AFC and in the NFC? Yeah, I think he'd be a starting wide receiver, right, on the All-Pro team, maybe. Who's more of a mismatch than him, man? When you watch him play, carries guys. It's two or three dudes on him. Still breaks free guy's a baller man he is, hey i'll tell you what you know when they were talking about bringing him in and they did i looked at the numbers and i you know you look derrick henry it's more of a derrick henry team than an aj brown but boy i'll tell you man when you watch him play he's as advertised that guy he is a tough cover there, there's no way a 5 8 db's covering that dude man, you better have some meat on your bones or he's going to run your ass over. He's a good foot. Strong hands, Jacob, amen. Dude, that guy can play. Hey, 215 says, tried to tell you AJ's a top 10 wide receiver. I had him in my top 10. I have him, 215. I put my list of wide receivers out. I've got it on Jacob Media. I put a list up there and and they've got a video of it. He's in my top 10. I think I have him seven. Um, but yeah, no, I, he, he's a complete mismatch. Okay. Complete Phillies up six 2 awesome. I still think the Phillies don't have enough starting pitching, but we'll keep that to ourselves. Miami. By the way, I'm not sure the Yankees do either. Miami beats the Jets. Astros and Dodgers. Miami beats the Jets 26-20. Hey, Miami wins with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But hey, hang on. Jalen Waddle's banged up. And I'm not sure he'll playing. That could be a factor in that game. That could be a sneaky Jets win. That could be a sneaky Jets win. Cardinals are small in the backfield. They yeah, had to kick Connor, man. I, you know what, Jacob? I think Connor's a good player. I don't know if he's a great player. Dan, I think you even said you would rather have AJ than Debo Samuel. No, I said I. I, I said I'd take Debo, but like this, razor thin, Brian. I just think Debo does more jet sweeps, shit like that. You run him out of the backfield. Now, that's by design. I'm not saying A.J. Can't, or AJ Brown can't do that, but they're not asking him to do that. They get a better... Well, I don't know. Kyle uses him differently, and Nick doesn't really have to use A.J. Brown that way. You feel me? I mean, I, I look, I think you can flip a coin and you're going to be happy with both men. You know what I mean? I, I, I Look... I I, just, I I just think Debo Samuel. I, I I think he's great. Sills, do you know you pick Commanders over the Eagles? I did. I thought I'd pick them to blow out the um, Commanders. I thought I'd pick them to blow out the. I no, I didn't pick them. I didn't. Have, no, 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 no. No, I thought the Vikings would take care of them. No, I picked the Vikings. The only. Game I've picked against the Eagles ha- until today has been Minnesota. Not true. Um, Bucks over the Falcons, thirty-eight to ten. Did you hear that famous neurologist told Tua to retire to protect himself? Darren, tell me who it was, and I'll tell you how famous he is okay okay tell me tell me i never said i didn't pick ah oh, gt come on here bucks over the falcons 38 to 10 i got to commanders excuse me going down to the titans no, I had no Ruiz. I had them two and four at the at the break. No, no, I gotta be fair. Okay. Bucks beat the Falcons. Titans beat the Commanders 29-21. The Jackson here here's another, here's a power game for the Eagles. Jags over the Texans. Texans are unwatchable. Jags and Texans. (laughs) Yeah. 30 to 19. And the Jaggy wires. Duval. Get to three and two on the season. 49ers. And the greatness of Jimmy Garoppolo. If Garoppolo wins on Sunday. Xander. Xander. If Garoppolo wins on Sunday, he's 40 and 19 and 0. 18, 40. He'll be 40, 17, excuse me, 40 and 17 and 0 as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He'd have won 40 of 57 ball games. <laughs> he sucks. He's terrible. And here's everyone to talk about with Aaron Rodgers. 13 and 3, 13 and 3. It's 26 and 6. Last year they were 13 and 4. That's 39 and 10. This year they're 3 and 1 going into this week. That's 42 and 11. So in 53 ball games, Aaron Rodgers has won 42. He's done, right? <laughs> ah. Guy's won 42 of 53 games, and he sucks. Oh, and he's got two consecutive MVPs. Yeah. <laughs> this because he didn't get vaccinated. Really? <laughs> How come he takes more shit than Kyrie Irving? That's a different topic, you know? I don't want to turn this into the Dr. Fauci show. <laughs> he's won 42 of 53 games. Yeah, he sucks. And what was Jalen again? 13 and 10? Yeah. <laughs> This guy's won more games in one year than Jalen's won in a career. Or as as many. Last year, year before, year before that. Ugh. Forty-two and eleven. Damn. That's incredible. Bounced from the NFC title games consecutive times. I know. Hey Marcos. Who's your favorite quarterback all time, Marcos? Who's your favorite quarterback? Interesting. Oh, Dr. Amalu told him. Oh. Hey, you guys want to hear from Dr. Amalu? Would that be interesting? The guy they made the movie over? Would you guys would you guys want to hear that or would that be too boring? Would that be too boring? I don't you know. Okay. Hurts a Jimmy. Stats don't mean everything, GT. Wins do. Marcos, who's your favorite quarterback? I'm curious. Concussions bring – yeah, yeah, we, we don't want to have that. I'm not having that. You know, I'd sit around going, "Well, oh, you should really quit the game. You should stop watching the game, man, you know. No. You're a hater! <laughs> there you go. Keep it up. Keep the faith, Otto. By the way, my aunt loves you, man. <laughs> yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up. Let's see. who's your hey Marcos, who's your favorite guy? I'm curious. Who's your favorite quarterback of all time? I invite to talk about Tua. Man, you know. Yours is Steve Young. Played school football against that dude. How crazy is that, right? John Unitas. My uncle played against him. Boatload of times. Marcos can't tell me who his favorite quarterback is. It's all right. It's all right. I've always been partial to Unitas. My favorite quarterback's Joe Montana. I'll take him over Brady. Just me. I saw what that guy did in a very rough NFL like Seth said, you imagine Jerry Rice running around with no one touching him, playing. What would what would Jerry Rice do to Jonathan Gannon's defense? What would what would what would Jerry Rice do to that defense? Hey, we want to keep everything underneath. Don't hit the wide out. Don't hit. Don't jam Rice. Okay. <laughs> okay, John Elway, another one, man. Tell you ran high, Betty. See auto. These Philly guys give me shit, honey. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. uh, get Donovan McNabb on the show. No, he won't come on a show like mine because I'd ask him hard questions. Then he'd call me a racist. And then you know what happens when you call some, you know, you it's it's see, by the way, that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. I laugh at it now. Like I laughed at a guy. Sanders. Is like, stop talking at these. And I and I, he's right. Like Seth, too. Okay, I'm sure he's not. I'm sure Xander this weekend's not going to tell Seth to shut the hell up on it. Seth too. He goes, my my wife says the same shit. Why do you talk to these box of rocks? Okay, I'm. Hey, Paul, I'm working on to. I'm working on to. Okay, I am. I'd like to get. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would love to get Farvon, but I don't know if I have a connection into the Mississippi. Mississippi State Correctional Facility. <laughs> I don't think they have very good Wi-Fi. It's like Rob Ellis's Wi-Fi. Xander, is that right? I hear the Mississippi Mississippi Correctional Facility, there in Starksville, doesn't have a very good like. <laughs> they don't have very good internet. It's like Rob Ellis's internet, and it freezes and this and, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe if Farv could get some of that, you know, welfare money, get better Wi-Fi because he's gonna need it. This guy's gonna do more time than Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Jerome Brown, of course, is my boy. One of my dearest friends. Miss him daily. TL retweeted your tweet. Oh, wow. I'll have to check that. That's yeah, man. No, he responded to it too. Yeah, no, man. Hey, I oh, I apologized. Did he do the apology? Did he retweet my apology? I'll finish up the scores here. Is that what he did? Oh, I said that he was a shitty teammate in 2020. And I said, yeah, I owe T.O. an apology. It's McNabb in his petty ways. Huh. This Tio and I have this really weird relationship. I talk shit to him. He talks shit to me. It's really a weird relationship. Don't worry. McNabb will say something because you know why? He's easy. McNabb is easy. <laughs> hey, he's, he's, he's easy. Crespo, thank you. Thank you very much. Jags. They beat the Texans 30-19. to Niners over the Panthers. We're about ready to put Baker Mayfield to sleep, aren't we? Breathe. Breathe. You're in the NFL electric chair, Baker. Breathe. You know what the NFL electric chair is? That's when they zap you and your career's over. Breathe. Do you want to go with injection, or do you want to go with a hot seat? Tell me how do you want to do this, <laughs> Baker. Just about over. Yeah, yeah. The sodium pentothal is working. Yeah. <laughs> uh dude, John Elway's a tough guy. He's—I've had him once. He's tough to get on. Okay. Does Jimmy get another contract with the Niners? What if he wins the Super Bowl? You're going to tell him to go home, dude. If Jimmy Garoppolo takes the Niners to the Super Bowl and he wins it, <laughs> yeah, I said yesterday he wouldn't get a 46.1 million dollar deal. I, I don't know then, because then he would go on this iconic run. He'd probably win 50, probably be like 50 and 17 <laughs> when a Super Bowl win and three NFC Championship games and two NFC titles. I don't know about you, man. That guy wins the Super Bowl this year. Shit, he'll pick his team. He'll pick his team. What did Garoppolo do over the last three years? Well, he took three, he took two, the 49ers to three three NFC title games. He won two NFC championships and a Super Bowl. <laughs> and his record is like 44 and 19. I don't know. I don't think there's too much you could say. Yeah, but he's got shitty third quarter stats. <laughs> what? When I hear that, when people say that about Garoppolo, look what he does in the third quarter. Look at his record. And look at the coach's record without him. Doesn't? Why is that always dismissed on Garoppolo? Seals, what if Hurts does that? Does what? Wins a game against a playoff team? It'd be a first. It'd be a first. Jimmy G folds like a lawn chair, Sills, He does? I never said he was Burrow or Herbert, but he's more accomplished than eh, not Burrow. Well, maybe a little bit. Who's the most accomplished NFC quarterback in the postseason in the last five years not named Brady? Can you tell me who's active? In the last five years. Is it Rodgers? No. Is it Stafford? He got a Super Bowl win. He's won four playoff games. Jimmy's got five. He does have the Super Bowl. Um. But he's four and three. Let's see. Who else in the NFC? Let me think. It ain't Jalen. 0-6 oh, versus playoff teams. Shit. 0-6 versus playoff teams and your greatest win is over Kirk Cousins. How you doing, Kurt? Eh, keep the faith, baby. All around. Hater. So let's see. Not named Brady. Stafford, you got to give it to him because he won the Super Bowl. Garoppolo's more accomplished than Rodgers in the postseason last five years. Um, Russell Wilson. Now he's in the AFC, but Okay, you can't count Wilson. He's in the AOC now. So who's more accomplished than Garoppolo outside of Brady? Stafford? All right. So he's two. Yeah, but his stats in the third quarter, and he's 42% when when when, when it's third and long. <laughs> you come up with all these, like, like uh, political talking points to make your agenda sound right. Instead of just doing this, well, there's a beginning of the game, and there's an end of the game, and there's a record. And the coolest thing about sports, unlike the scumbags that are in political talk, you can't move the scoreboard, and you can't move the one-loss record. Okay? Foles doesn't have as many. um, And Foles is in the AFC now, so, you know, he don't count. Okay, he's in the AFC now. He's over with the Colts. By the way, I'm going to make a point to you guys. I said it, did I not? I made a prediction. Nick Foles is going to be starting against the Eagles at Lincoln Financial versus your boy. <laughs> Woo! Little Nicky Foles is coming home. He's in the AFC too, Jeremiah. Mahomes, I said NFC. Breeze, yes, is retired. Yeah. Hey, statue he's coming home. Who's the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts? Nick Foles. You watch, I said this. That thing with Matt Ryan don't look good. And you know Pill Popper, Jim Merce? Hey, get rid of Wancey. That thing's working out well. <laughs> Shit, at least they won ball games last year. Played a good stretch of football, too, this year, man. I don't know. I mean, Frank and Chris Ballard saved their asses last night because Russell Wilson just sucked out loud. <laughs> Jingle bells, big silk smells, Radic, two and a half sacks. <laughs> Finally got off the bus. Uh, he'll be, watch this. He'll be back in a bus again after this game. Be all right. Don't worry. You think uh, Hassan Reddick is chasing around Kyler Murray? Okay. Oh, darn it. The game is at Lucas Oil. Darn. Darn, man. Matt, Matt looked horrible. He did. Big hands, Harrison. Man, that was a good D line, dude. Ooh, Carl Harrison. He also played with the Browns, too, if I'm not mistaken. Those guys are good football players. Gary Johnson, that's, man, that's old school stuff right there, brother. Okay? Seals praying for the Eagles to fail. Why? That means my show is not going to have the success that I would want it to. Come on, sports. You're not thinking like big Sills. That doesn't help me. The Eagles sucking. There's no hoping that team fails. You kidding me? Just because I say something doesn't mean that I want the team to fail crazy jail and failing hurts me defense failing hurts me like my family tells me hey Dan being right is most of the time in sports talk you're wrong at the end of the day you lose jobs and you lose viewers or listeners you're right there you go Otto I love you man you keep that baby going every hour oh hey Marcus if you notice how sports talk works monday tuesday goes like this watch that's how it goes it's gone like that in my career for the last 34 years mondays tuesdays wednesdays thursdays fridays mondays that's with the sports radio stations, too. We all go through it. And then in the off season, that hill's smaller of a climb. Football season, the hills were here. Off season, then you get around the draft and it starts kicking up again. I know all this. Trends. Do I play Madden? I haven't in a bit. Hasan, just checking in. Big chills, stop slandering. No. No. No, little guy, I think you're going to be okay, man. Would love to come on. Dude, I've got a, you know, I have a weight limit. If you're not over 205, man, you can't come on the program. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't let little dudes on the program. So, yeah, it's not going to work for me. Yeah, I don't let 5'11. 200 pound guys come on the program. I gotta have I like I like like you know Michael Parsons and Chase Young kind of guys, you know, 6'4, six, six, half, 245 pounds, you know, big dudes. Redick wants to come on, have him on. Can't do it, man. You know, you don't you don't get to come on to Big Seal show when you have one week. Hey, I'm good. No, you're not really. I'm 6'4. 365 I love that you have a better chance of coming on the big Sills show than Hassan redick and little guy Nakobe boy Nicobe Dean looks smaller than the kicker you guys deactivated today <laughs> I can, hey when that kid when the kicker stands next to Nicobe Dean I can't tell the difference man I even think the kicker has a bigger helmet Dan, do you think you can get Deion Sanders on the show? Yeah, probably. A little bit. Yep, I do. How about this one? Bengals-Ravens. Man, the Ravens play a tough schedule. Eagles could never play the Ravens schedule. You'd be in trouble. Um, whew. I got the Bengals. I got the Bengals over. Hey, by the way, Seth Joyner had my same top three. Yeah, same top three teams. I'm a jerk and I'm a hater, but Seth isn't. Reddick's 230. Yeah, with... Reddick is 230? Reddick is 230. Yeah, with two White Castle burgers in his pocket. Nah, TBD, man. He, he's no longer coming on the program. No, 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 Ryan. We we We're in a different place with him right now. We're completely in a different place with him. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> uh, no, that TBD doesn't have the. Uh, yeah, no, it's not working. Uh, yeah. Now, thirty six twenty five Bengals and Joey B. Joey B. That's a quarterback right there, man. Okay, Jalen's way better than TBD. Yeah. He is. Yes. He is way better. I'll take him all night long. That kid, TVD, he gets worked against UNC this weekend. He'll be lucky to get drafted. That guy, you talk about a guy who was potentially going to be a first-round draft choice? Boy, this guy's on a respirator right now. What happened to your boy? Defensive coordinators caught up with him. That's what happened to him. He, I don't, nah, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, I just, uh, you know, I like talking shit on, uh, Reddick's 230, yeah, with like two bricks in his pocket. That guy, the the guy looks tiny. He's a little guy, little guy, little, little guy. Reddick <laughs> scared the Eagles are peaking too early. What do you think, sells Now. They're killing really shitty teams, but they're doing all the right things. Phillies win. Congratulations. Great. How far do they go? That's not a World Series team. You know, it's just not. You know who the Phillies are? The Phillies are the 2021 Eagles. They're there. They'll learn, they'll get experience, they'll get better. And since Charlie Manuel, I'll say it one more time. The problem with the Phillies has always been this, has been starters and closers back into your bullpen. The teams Charlie Manuel had, those teams were loaded, and most of the guys were brought up on the farm. The farm system for the Phillies, a couple guys have been brought up. I think he got a great catcher. KC over the Raiders on Monday night. 30 to 27, that game is always close. Redick weighs 220, I would say. 220. (laughs) 220. Redick is 220, (laughs) 5'9". Shit, Marcus Epps is – When Marcus Epps stands next to him, I can't tell the difference between both guys. Jesus. Cilio's a troll. I don't troll anybody. I don't troll anybody. I want to see a round table with Owens, Deshaun Jackson, and McNabb. McNabb would never go for that because he'd be called out for what he is, a shitty teammate. Big hater, Sills. <laughs> oh, man. Raiders suck. <laughs> Josh McDaniel better get it done. 230 in Sills, though. He weighs 205. Yeah, he weighs two. I mean, the guy don't like him. He ain't, no no (laughs) Raiders Vegas sucks Vegas never sucks I lived there it was fun all right I got to take a time out football Friday I'm gonna talk more about my prediction on why I picked the Cardinals hang on here 27 21 we'll do it next keep it here on the national football show
1: Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
2: National Football Show, appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming aboard. Don't forget also our hour-long talk that we had in the first hour of the program with Seth Joyner's going to air at 6 right after the program. I just got a text from uh, Luther Campbell, and he goes, Sills, four starting quarterbacks from South Florida um, are starting this weekend. Who's the is Jacoby Brissett is is I think is Jacoby Brissett a South Florida kid? Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm trying to think of who the other kid is. Starting from South Florida, Hertz is from Texas, right? Um, who's the other? Who's the other? is, Is it is it Jacoby Brissett? Okay. Okay? Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out who they have in there. Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, and Teddy Bridgewater. I can't think of the other guy. Okay? I can't think of the other guy um, that's that's starting in the national... It's got to be Jacoby Brissett, I think. Mac Jones... Mac Jones is not a Florida kid. I can't think of the other guy, man. It's Jacoby. Okay, Xander. Oh, the Saints quarterback. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Wow. Hey, and get this. You ready? Okay, you ready for this? Oh, Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's Jacoby. Hey, get this. Not one of those kids went to UM. That shows you how shitty our recruiting's been in the last 20 years. Not one of those kids, okay, went to Miami. All of them left because we thought we knew better and recruiting people outside the state or what have you, and you miss them. Dude, you bring a kid like that in just to bring a kid like that in, Okay? You 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 sign guys like that because there's somebody usually in the pipeline down the line. You know what Saban can I? Hey Xander, you like this? By the way, I think Alabama, even without their quarterback, because I believe it's in Tuscaloosa against A and M, they're going to win that game just by not a lot. And I heard that uh, Bryce Young is a game time decision. They're, I don't think they're going to need him because I really don't think A and M is all that hot this year. Um, you know what he does? He'll go into a place like Woodrow Wilson in South Florida. And you know what he'll do? He'll go in there and say there's a three star kid, Xander. Say there's a three three star kid like at Woodrow Wilson or Palmetto. You know, you know what, you know what Nick Saban will do? He'll give that kid a scholarship, knowing full well he's a good player. But there's a sophomore he wants. He wants like their OT. Like the kid from Okeechobee, uh, the kid Neal, the lineman, he he recruited a kid ahead of him so he could get Neil. Smart, it's brilliant, because then you build a relationship up with those South Florida coaches, and that coach thinks he's got a pipeline to Saban, and he does. That's why when Saban goes into Edison or any of those places in South Florida, Palmetto, like I said, even, even in Columbus, he goes to Columbus High. He'll go in there, and he'll recruit a kid that's a three-star guy knowing full well he truly wants the five-star guy. And he will that's how Miami used to recruit back in the day. But now, you know, it's ridiculous. Michigan versus Penn State next week. Um, Michigan's got Indiana this week. Keep an eye on that game. I'm not saying they're going to lose it, but keep an eye on that ball game. Okay. Keep, it, keep an eye on it, okay? Just, just keep an eye on it. Look, I, like I said, I think the injuries are going to play a factor in this ball game for the Eagles going on the road to play Arizona. That's why I got the Cardinals winning this game 27-21. I don't think they're going to play poorly. I just think they're going to try to get everybody healthy for the Cowboy game. And I don't think they're not going to play hard. I don't think this game's not going to be not competitive. And by the way, do I think the Eagles – absolutely. If they can withstand the – and – I really don't think the Cardinals have that much. That kid, Zach Allen's pretty good. And I really don't know about J.J. I don't know what he has. But look, J.J. Watt versus um, Jack Driscoll, I'll still take Watt on that matchup. You know, I'll still take him on that matchup. Okay? Um, You know what I mean? So I think this, again, and I think Kyler Murray... Dude, he, like I said, this is more of an indictment on Kyler Murray. Dude, you got to be Jalen Hurts. You're paying you $46.1 million to lose to a guy making one four. You weren't. That's why, like I said, this is a big game for Jalen in a way. Because he starts beating these two $40 million quarterbacks back to back. Let me tell you something. These next two weeks, if Jalen beats those guys, what could I possibly say? After the Dallas game, oh, I may not think much of uh, of Kyler or Dak, but at the end of the day, the league does. And the league's paying those guys max money. Whatever you think of Jalen Hurts, if he starts beating quarterbacks with max money, you have no defense. See, that's how I look at it. Okay, well, you're – see – That's why I defend Garoppolo. You have no defense on Jimmy. He folds in post games. So does Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Rodgers is making $50 million a year. And in the last five years, he's outplayed him in the postseason, Garoppolo. Jimmy ain't making $50 million. Oh, he sucks. You know, his percentage is here and there. He folds like an armchair. Okay. Guess what? So does Dak. So does Dak. You'll take any, but this is the second game I, I said that I picked the opponent. Real talk. You'll pick anybody. Sounds like a hater. Jalen hurts for MVP. You sound like a pom-pom waver too. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. (laughs) I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry too, by the way, for some of you who are eating food. Rodgers keeps the Packers relevant. Absolutely. Like I said, he's won 42 of 53 ball games, you think? <laughs> yeah. What's up, Carlos? Appreciate it. Okay, bro. I mean, right? The Batmans are coming. I do like that gimmick. Bet we beat your wet team. Hater. Rate. <laughs> Oh, prepare to sing. okay. Remember Tuesday, 4 Eastern. Okay. 4 Eastern. On Tuesday, that's singing day. Another day with Sills. Marcos never answered my question of who your favorite quarterback is. You know why? He didn't want to tell me because I would bring up his postseason record. Be interesting to see who it was. Not named Brady. Brady's my favorite. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, Tom Brady, man. Can't be good in that house. I feel for the dude. Hey, man. It's one thing to, you know, talk shit to people. It's another thing to go home and it ain't real. That's real stuff, right? That's not cool. I stay away from that. Not my deal. I don't wish any man. You're a Herbert groupie. You're a Josh Allen groupie. Who else? Oh, geez, watch this. I'm a Josh Allen groupie, a Justin Herbert groupie, a Micah Parsons groupie. Gee, it sounds like I'm a groupie for really good ball players. Montana, you jackass. He's 16 and five. <laughs> Marcos, four Super Bowls, no interceptions in postseason. I mean, in Super Bowl play, 135 quarterback ranking, 11 touchdowns, no picks. And an ass kicking in every Super Bowl except the last one against the Bengals. I had a first one too against the Bengals. This guy beat Montana. No, he beat my Montana beat Marino and Elway twice. How you doing? Okay, Marcos. Well done and touche, my friend. <laughs> hey, you guys have a blessed weekend. Um, It's Columbus Day, one of my favorite days of the year on Monday. I love it. Columbus Day. We thank you very much, man. You guys are awesome. I cannot wait until we see what happens over the weekend. And you know what? It's going to be a great Monday. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Monday going 3 to 6 Eastern. See you on the flip side.